Longhorn Nation, we're back. All right. They're jamming. Love that. <laughs> that was that's good when like, you got this thing face on. Like, yeah, that's our that's our got jam. A jam. Got that, a jam coming in. That was a um, coach at Texas, and I'm trying to think what his name was that just a few years ago. And he would anytime we get a recruit or something fun news, he'd be like ATX vibe. He'd be rolling. <laughs> so we took his audio from one of his little TikToks or something and put it in there. <laughs> that's cool. That's real cool. Oh, How cool. are you? Sensational. Uh, glad to be here. I got an anchor tonight. Uh, so I'm trying to get my show together for the six o'clock, but uh, had to make time for y'all. Well, we uh, really appreciate that. We know you're a busy, busy guy. And, and <laughs> I got to tell you, we made the announcement that you were going to be on the show and people lost their minds. They were really excited <laughs> about it. Everybody loves you, man. So we're Not really good. excited to have you on. This is awesome. So we all have big news and we want to hear your thoughts on it. So the Trey Johnson commitment to Texas. Yeah. Tell us <laughs> about it. Big time, big time. Yeah, number one shooting guard. Uh, he's going to be a great addition, especially with like Tyrese Hunter probably leaving next year. Max Aismas leaving next year. You need someone to fill that gap. Trey Johnson's going to be the, the perfect guy to stand into the gap and fill that void because he is a pure scorer. I mean, he can score from three. He can drive. He has a nice little post game. Um, I, he can do everything. He can score from every level of the court. And uh, I can't wait to see what Rodney Terry does with him uh, because he's going to develop that kid into something special. And there's a reason why he's a five-star recruit because he's legit. Now, now, surely this couldn't have happened, right? Because if I recall correctly, Texas was going to fall off when Rodney yeah, right? Terry yeah. came in, right? Like I've been was... riding Rodney Terry. Yeah, that... not, not like that. I've been, <laughs> I've been riding that way. <laughs> I've, I've been team Rodney Terry. Like We talk about this every week. Mm, I've been yeah. team Rodney Terry since he was on the staff, since he was on other staff. Like, I'm just... I'm all about it. He's he's been doing the recruiting work behind the scenes for years anyway. Now is yeah. I mean he still has a staff of course of recruiters, but he knows how to build relationships. He mm -hmm. knows how to coach basketball, and I, we're excited. We're excited, and that moves Texas to the top four recruiting class. Yes, huge. And like Ronnie, he's just a guy. He's just a regular dude, and that's what I like about him so much is that he has different things that we don't really know about behind the scenes that he loves to do. Like I was able to talk to him one on one. Over the summer, he mentioned how he loved uh, interior design. So like, who would have thought? Like, the, the head men's basketball coach would love interior design. He, he picks out the colors in his living rooms and stuff like that. And I so love like, that. he's just a regular guy. And I think that helps out in recruiting when these recruits talk to him. And they're just like, man, I can, I can be coached by this guy because <laughs> I relate to him. And you see it in his recruiting classes. And uh, I just think that it's such so – like, it's so cool to, to see him be successful uh, off the court. Now I can't wait to see what they do this season. Uh, and tonight's a big night, low key, because they're playing Rice. And this was the first game last year where he was an interim head coach when they played Rice a year ago. And it was a struggle. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> a little bit. It was a little bit of a struggle for sure. So, All right. so welcome. We'll, we'll go. We'll start backwards. Welcome to the show. <laughs> <laughs> so, let's let everybody know. Tell us wh where they can find you, where you're at. How? Tell yeah. us about your sports casting. What's going on? Yeah, facts. Okay, so yeah, so. Don't know me. My name is Corey Mose. Uh, if you want to find me on Twitter, Corey or X, I guess I should say, uh, Corey underscore Mose. Uh, you can on say Twitter. I appreciate it. I we'll appreciate always be Twitter in our hearts. <laughs> appreciate it. Uh, Instagram, Corey underscore Mose TV. Um, same thing on Facebook, just Corey Mose. Um, luckily, I have a nice last name because uh, no one really has it. Uh, so no. you just check Corey Mose and find me. No Moses, just Mose. So uh, blessed to have that. But uh, yeah, so I work at KVU, one of the sports anchors for them, the ABC station here in town. 
I'm actually going to start my own podcast pretty soon. First episode is coming out next week. I haven't announced that yet. So, oh, uh, breaking, breaking news! news. Uh, claps, claps. Uh, Mo's nose. Episode one will be released next okay. week. Uh, and so, just talking about Texas, but other stuff, of course, like NBA, NFL. I just want to branch out and talk about things that I'm not able to talk about in my two minutes on air. Uh, so <laughs> I have a lot, I have a lot more ideas and thoughts about things in the sports world, and I just felt like I should have a platform to share it. So. Um, that's released next week and I'm just excited to be here and thankful that I'm a part of this. Well, we love it. We love it. And, uh, yeah, so we definitely, like I said, we, we made the announcement that you're coming on and people were just, oh my gosh, we love them. And one of my things is I think you kind of, you got your, your 15 minutes, you blew up, you went viral, my friend, with your, <laughs> uh, with the, your mark comments. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about yeah. that. When, when your mark made those comments you had a wonderful piece on it we'd love to hear your thoughts you know i appreciate it yeah well when i first saw the initial video online the first thing that came to mind was he can't do that like you're not supposed to be doing that you are the commissioner of the whole conference not just part of the conference and so to me it's just like if you have that role you shouldn't be vouching or showing so like blatant favoritism to another school within the conference, even though I get it, like Texas is leaving, you know, but at the moment in time, they are a big 12 school. So you have to treat it as such in my eyes. Now, of course, if you check the comments, Texas Tech fans wouldn't agree, but you know, that's why. When do they ever agree anyways? So that's the thing, like I, I really felt like I needed to say something because it's just not fair to not only, um, of course, the football team, but also the rest of the schools that are leaving, including Oklahoma, you know, like that's also a shot at them in my eyes. Mm -hmm. Because at the end of the day, these are kids, you know, and these kids, they're just playing the game that they love and they have nothing to do with the buyout. They have nothing to do with moving to the SEC. They're just trying to play football. They're just trying to play basketball. They're just trying to play soccer. Like, right. so right. you shouldn't put so much on them and, and, and kind of just entice the other schools just beat down on some kids. So uh, even though it's not happening, you know, Texas is nine and one right now. So uh, <laughs> I think it's gonna be very interesting once your mark comes to Austin, if he still does, I'm interested to see if he still shows up, you know. I don't know if there's a sweet for him anymore. Yeah. <laughs> we, we were joking about that one. I kind of wonder if CDC is gonna do like Houston did to the Longhorn band, you know, commit a bunch of seats oh yeah you got a place to sit you got a place to sit and then when he shows up oh sorry we're uh oh, wow. aren't available don't know what happened <laughs> put, him, put him up in those nose put him in the nosebleeds with the, yeah, behind yeah. the visiting band yeah for sure <laughs> and the funny thing is with that whole thing like uh when i wrote it i was kind of weary you know i was like ah should i say this on air you know i don't know if i want the, the lash back or if texas fans are even going to agree with me if they think i'm just blabbering on uh, but you know, I, I really did appreciate the support that I got from Longhorn fans and Longhorn Nation, uh, because at the end of the day, I'm an unbiased journalist, and so I'm not looking for the support from Texas fans. But to to, to see that I did receive it, uh, was, I'm very grateful for it. Uh, and uh, I did hear back that your Mark's office did see the video. Your Mark did see it himself. Uh, I actually asked him to do an interview just to state his piece, and his office said no. So uh, yeah, well. let's just say I, I reached out, tried to get him right. a. A platform and he said no so you, you kept it real and the oh. truth hurt so we, <laughs> he, he can choose to own up to his his words or hide and we yeah. he's done and so, he mm -hmm. so that's on him you know i i but i i have to agree with you you know the big 12 commissioner comes in at least give the illusion of, of being unbiased right yeah. <laughs> if you're saying this stuff behind closed doors fine that's whatever cool. we understand there's 
animosity about the way that things played out and, and all of that. And ultimately he's going to want to do what's best for the big 12, but it was just, but to your point, Texas and OU are still a part of the big 12 this year. Mm -hmm. So just putting that out there in public like that just seemed like an ill-advised, ill-advised move. Just like you said, (laughs) unprofessional, attacking, everything about it was just. And they didn't ask him about it. Like he just brought it up. And right. so that's another thing. It's like right. they don't ask you about what are your thoughts on the move. It's just like, hey, go be touchy. You know, right. Okay, right. dude. You know, we're and in again, it's it's one of those things where everybody loves to hate Texas, right? And I, I really feel you're seeing that now. You know, we'll get into this too with the ISU comments. Uh, you know, their yeah, we'll get into that. Their left guard comments. <laughs> Everyone loves to hate Texas. And I it it really does feel like people love to hate Texas more than they love themselves, mm. right? And that and and we're seeing that at the top tiers of of the big 12 too it seems so you know it is what it is got to embrace the hate like coach sark says that's a real thing it's a real thing heck i was at tcu last weekend and when i was just walking to get to the other side of the field right it was the end of the quarter i'm trying to flip field so i can shoot as texas comes towards me and i shoot the games and as i'm walking the student section is like Oh, you suck, F-U-T. I'm like, bro, I'm just doing my job. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing my job. I don't know why you yell at me. Like, but right. like they hate anything involving Texas, even the guys that cover them. So mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I don't get it. I, I, well, thanks for taking one for the team. Right. <laughs> no, I got it. <laughs> I appreciate that. Holding it down. We need to get you an Embrace the Hate shirt. <laughs> but by the way, I'm not Texas. But, <laughs> but I'll still Embrace the Hate. But whatever. We'll... We'll own that. I love it. So, yeah, let's talk about that TCU game. You know, we've we've got you. We again really enjoy, appreciate you coming on. Got a few extra minutes with you, so we'll we'll dive into the TCU conversation. Yeah. Uh, we definitely another game where Texas kept it a little closer than uh, perhaps we wanted to. Uh, another game that felt to be all gas and then all breaks. Yeah. Uh, you know, we we should retire that dang. That, that comment. I said that I last year. You did. You've been saying it. I said it. You last haven't. year. We're not all gas. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes we are. Yeah. Well, first half we Sometimes are. Sometimes we are. First yeah. half. Sometimes are. it's the second half. <laughs> so, <laughs> another nail biter uh, in Fort Worth. It was, you know, Texas walked away. It was a survive in advance. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what we do. So, have to love that. You were on the field. What what was your vibe? Just like talk about what you saw on the field. Um, you know, the feel of the team, the atmosphere. What what was your take from it? Yeah, I felt Quinn looked decent. You know, first game back, of course, he made some good throws, but we also know he made some pretty bad throws. Uh, of course, that interception. But I think I'm more intrigued with the the bad throw to Adonai Mitchell uh, on the, I believe, second quarter. Um, he did a little out route wide open. I mean, and Quinn just missed him. Now, luckily, next drive, they go down and score, and Adonai gets the touchdown then. But it's like, those are the throws that you expect Quinn to make, especially if he's trying to look to go to the NFL. Uh, and we know those rumors have come out this week that maybe he's not. And so, yeah, I, I think that was the first thing I wanted to look out for was how did Quinn look coming back? And, you know, you saw him holding his shoulder a little bit. He had some soreness. Sark talked about it in the press conference on Monday. Uh, he's still a little bit sore, even though he didn't take a hit. So that's also kind of scary to me to know that he hasn't got he didn't get sacked against TCU, but he's still kind of sore. So imagine when he does get sacked, because that's inevitable, uh, what happens. And so that's that's something to look out for. But, of course, defense was dominant in the first half, as usual. You know, like they stopped the run like they usually do. Uh, they're one of the best front seven in the nation. I keep saying that. I think Devondre Sweat should be considered a first-rounder. I keep saying that. I mean, he just, he just wrecks games. Uh, and once they settled in in the first half, you could tell that defense knew exactly how to manage 
TCU's offense and make them one-dimensional and make them throw the ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, of course, Jonathan Brooks, like sad, 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 sad situation, especially with him waiting so long to get this moment. Um, and then not only waiting, but then this year being the backup when he started the year, people forget that CJ Baxter started against Rice. CJ mm-hmm. started against Alabama. Mm-hmm. Jonathan had to earn that spot. And once he earned it, he took it and he ran with it. And now he was considered the number one running back, according to Mel Kuyper, coming out into the draft. And so not only is this season for Texas kind of hindered a little bit, maybe, maybe not. We'll see what CJ can do, but also the millions of dollars <laughs> that, you know, we, we just can't fathom that Brooks is maybe potentially missing out on. Hopefully, yeah. prayerfully, like he gets back healthy next year so he can get back to that number one running back spot. Mm-hmm. But it's just tough. It's really tough for a kid that waited his turn, been playing for his father. And it's just, you know, I, I wish him the best. But all, all of that aside, Texas won. <laughs> so, <laughs> At the end of the day, we're nine and one. Yeah. Texas so is Texas nine and one. Won. You know, they're nine and one. You know, they're number one by themselves in the Big 12. Like they're right. number one in the standing. No Their time. own destiny. Like, right. They just got to win out. And so at, at the end of the day, that's all you can ask for. And that's all Sark talked about after the game. It was like, yes, they didn't finish well. Yes, you know, Brooks got hurt. Yes, there's a lot of negatives, but they're 9-1. and one. And I'm sure he went home to L'Oreal and just like, hey, honey, we did it. You know? 9-1. <laughs> nine nine so, yeah. And then he's really winning. He's coming home to L'Oreal. I tell, I tell you, brought up so many I'm points. Sorry. Yeah, I know. I know. I'm sorry. No, that's great. Let's break them down. So you mentioned, okay, Quinn. First, let's talk about not taking any sacks, not taking any hits. We knew yeah. the, the the challenge was up to the O-line to keep him safe, keep him upright. Um, they had done that for uh, Malik the week before, you know, no sacks. This week again, Quinn didn't have to use his feet much. Uh, they kept it, gave him a safe pocket. He didn't take any sacks. Um, so that was really good. It's, it's I mean, if you see that soreness, I mean, that's. Yeah. It's going to take time to work itself out. But one thing you brought up, which was huge news this week, is, is Quinn coming back? Yeah. The reports are up to 90%. People are saying, throwing it out there that he's coming back. Talk to us about why you think, what are the pros and cons of coming back? Why this isn't the best time to go out for him, yeah. to, to declare for him? And how does that affect the QB room? Yeah, I actually wrote down like a list of quarterbacks uh, that are coming out this year. And, you know, you have Caleb Williams, Drake May, Maybe Shador Sanders from Colorado will see Bo Nix from Oregon, Michael Penix, Washington, Jaden Daniels, LSU, who may be the Heisman this year. And then Jordan Travis from Florida State, who's leading an undefeated Seminole squad. So that's seven quarterbacks <laughs> that are potentially better than Quinn or on the same level. And so if I'm Quinn and I'm looking around and I've been hurt this year and my stock has dropped tremendously because let's not forget after Bama, he was projected as a top 10 pick. Like you saw that at different platforms coming out and now you're talking about him being the seventh or eighth best quarterback. Mm-hmm. That's just not something he probably was expecting to happen this year. And so, yeah, if I'm playing, I don't have to go to the NFL. Like I think people thought in their minds, a lot of Texas fans like Quinn balls out this year and he goes to the, goes to the league, which I think everyone wanted that, you know? Mm-hmm. So then you can see Malik Murphy and Arch battle it out mm-hmm. next year. But at the end of the day, like, you have to do what's best for you. And what's best for Quinn right now is to stay at Texas one more year, go into a draft class that has less talent at the quarterback position next year, and to potentially be the number one quarterback. And I think that's a legit option for Quinn. If he balls out in the SEC and uh, makes Texas 
kind of like in the conversation to be the SEC champions. I think that's going to be the argument of is Quinn a top two or even the top quarterback coming out compared to maybe the seventh or eighth best quarterback this year. So it's it's a smart move by Quinn. Well, difference. And I talked about millions of dollars. Right. Yeah, I was just going to say that you talk about millions of dollars with Jay Brooks. That's a massive pay gap between being a first or second, you know, the first or second QB taken off the board and the seventh. There's that's a big drop. Big big drop. drop. <laughs> so <laughs> look, I don't think anybody will blame him if he stays. Um, how does that how do you think that affects the quarterback room? I mean, we've talked about this all season. Of course, mm-hmm. the sound like, oh, Arch, you see Arch is gonna leave, which if you're paying attention to anything at all, we know that's not. If you live in Austin, if you live in Austin, you know, like. Right, <laughs> right. it's clickbait. But, you know, there is a question about Malik Murphy. Does Is that something where he maybe takes his chances at a different school? Is it something where, I mean, we know that he's Sark's guy. And Sark, he's been, he's stuck with Texas through and through. He's He's said that he enjoys the battles. He likes the fights and it makes him better. Texas has an incredible quarterback room with another two uh, QBs committed. I mean, we've we're Trejo and we're AJ Lacey coming right. So how does that how does that affect you know Malik Murphy's mindset? How does that affect perhaps even the commitments that we have coming in? Does this have a trickle down effect, or do you think things kind of stay status quo? Oh no, yeah, it definitely has a trickle down effect. It trickles all the way down to class of twenty twenty five and KJ, like because everyone has a timeline, right? Every family has a timeline to when they expect their kid to go into the NFL. Uh, and so whether the timeline works or not, that's when transfers come into play. Uh, and I think that's what's going to happen with Malik. I mean, if we're being honest, I think he may be the odd man out here. Now, Sark not did him a favor because Malik earned it, but the way the situation worked out, Malik got the backup role and Quinn got hurt. And so Malik has tape now. Malik has game footage of him playing, playing well at points. Of course, he had some redshirt freshman moments, but, man, he had some beautiful throws to Adonai Mitchell down the line. Like, I mean, he's slinging a rock on the slant routes. You can see all the throwing power that we talked about and that we kind of had a hint at during spring ball and during practices. But to see it in game time, of course, it's different. And Mm -hmm. so being able to see that on tape against some Big 12 opponents he can now send that to other schools, and I think other schools are going to be calling him to figure out, hey, what's it going to take for you to transfer out of Texas because we know Quinn's staying another year and we know you want to play. So I think that's going to benefit him, those two games, tremendously that he can probably never imagined that now all these schools around the nation can see that, yeah, he can sling the rock, and he's not just a big physical freak. He knows how to throw the ball, uh, and I think he's going to get a lot of offers. Now, hopefully he doesn't go to the SEC. I mean, <laughs> Can you imagine? Like, ah, right. I think he goes West Coast. I think he goes back out to Cali, maybe USC, to be honest. Um, and I think that could be an option for him. But uh, I, I think Malik is the odd man out, and I don't think Arch is going anywhere, though. Uh, of course, because uh, I think the Manning family knows that Sarkeesian is the guy that they chose, not not really starting. Wasn't what the reason why Arch came to Texas wasn't because he's going to start, like. Mm-hmm. That was in all be all. He could have went somewhere else to do that. Now, he came to Texas because of development, and I think he's doing that. And even with Quinn staying back and, let's just say, Malik transfers, Arch is still developing because now he's in the backup role. It's different to prepare for a game when you're the backup compared to third string. Mm-hmm. And with Quinn's history, dating back to high school, he hasn't really completed a full football season in years. And so with that track record, Arch is – 
may get his shot one or two games next year. And so that's also going to be on the back of his mind that, yeah, he may not be the starter going into the season, but there's a high probability that there'll be a couple games where he'll be called upon to play. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't think Archie's going to lose. Right. Yeah. And of course, there there is a gentleman by the name of Archie Manning who might have a little bit of insight, who has, you know, come out and outright said he's happy with his decision. The family likes him at Texas. And while he was talking about, yes, Peyton got thrown into uh, a starting position early because of injury, Eli went the red shirt route and then was a backup quarterback and then started when he was, you know, and and Archie Manning. Right. And he said, I feel that is the best route. Mm. He literally said that while he was describing what the plan looks like to be for, for Arch Manning. So, you know, again, of course, the clickbait's out there. It exists for a reason. <laughs> we well, Here we are talking about it. But like you said, anybody outside of Austin, if you're outside of Austin, cool. Have the conversation. Inside yeah. Austin, we all know this was the plan all along. Yes, that is quo. Right. That is quo. And I think, too, you mentioned all these quarterbacks that are coming out this year, you know, the Drake Mays, the Penix, the Bonix, even though some of them moved around, changed schools or, you know, found their spot, found the coordinator that they or head coach they like to work with. They have two, three, four years of film accumulated. They have the experience. They've played multiple seasons. They've had ups and downs. They've overcome adversity, all those things that Quinn is building still. So when the NFL coaches go to look for him, he's having a season the first year where he balled out could have taken Alabama toe to did take Alabama toe to toe his first yeah. year but the injuries and then he came back played well on his game back against OU beat Alabama yeah beat <laughs> comes back this year beats Alabama mm-hmm. um but then has the struggles and an injury so th- it is it could be a big benefit for him to have if if it works out that way a season where he's healthy he's strong he leads you know still will be a young team next year um with you know we'll talk about it in a minute with the, the players that are leaving but He's into the SEC, like that. All of that leadership that that could be a really good benefit for Quinn if he does come back. Mm-hmm. And the one point I wanted to make for Quinn coming back, and you talked about, yeah, he, he's going to have a lot of young weapons, but the guys in front of him, they're all coming back except for Christian Jones, he's graduating. So I think that's right. also a big factor for Quinn to know that his entire line is coming back except for the right tackle, uh, and they already have Christian's replacement. You saw him uh, against Kansas State, and so played a pretty decent game. And so I, I just think that, you know, that's going to be a big conversation for other guys thinking about going to the draft. Like, okay, Quinn's coming back. Do I come back? You know, like, I think there's a couple guys on this roster that may think about that now. Uh, Jay Witt for his 98th year. Right. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> we should have like nine master's degrees. We do. I love that we have like on basketball, we've got Brock Cunningham. Oh for, for baseball, we had uh, Austin Todd, yeah. you know, in, in this, his 97th year of eligibility. And no, it's 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 a lot of fun it, to talk about for sure. Um, you know, you brought up something and I do want to shout out to the O-line. Quinn didn't take a sack yeah. this whole game. And, huge. And, and huge. as much crap as Texas fans heavy eye roll, like to give the O-line, you've got to look at the numbers. Yes, there have been some some issues, uh, but overall, this team has played their hearts out. Um, they protected their guy, especially when he needed it the most. Um, you know, I, I think the O-line really has, and again, the development. We've talked about that through and through. Christian Jones started right. off as a maybe not being drafted to it. He His stock has skyrocketed. So I think the O-line, I, I think that's an awesome point everyone's coming back and there's more development. That's a, that's a really good argument to make 
And uh, Brooks, I mean, you got your boy back. Now it's an unfortunate circumstance, assuming Brooks does come back, mm -hmm. but you got your running back back. You got your own line back. There's I mean, some potential I, here. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. You mentioned, um, earlier too i'm thinking of all the things you were rolling i'm like love they're it. all sorry you know, i won't bring it though that's great that's great let's talk about it so you know the unfortunate injury to brooks when he was having not just a great season one of the best seasons in college football this year for as a running back um top in the doke walker some of the projections for doke walker which is you know rbu texas rbu right and then you have um now we have Baxter, who, like you mentioned, was starting this season, and now he's going to get maybe more opportunity. Does Savion Red get more opportunity? Are we going to see um, Blue? Are we going to see Robinson? What are your thoughts on Jay Witt getting a couple of carries or maybe doing some wildcat with Jay Witt? I like the idea. I mean, I, think, <laughs> I, I, I want him to oh. play more. He's floating around. I, I do love the idea. I just don't understand why he haven't done more with Savion. You know, because he's shown us against Oklahoma that he threw that pass to Gunnar Helm. Perfect pass, by the way. Um, it's like, and Savion played quarterback back in the day. So it's just like, why is it just Savion power every time? Not even handing off the jet sweep. You can still hand off the jet sweep. We haven't seen that either. And so there's so many variants in that Wildcat formation that I don't think that we've utilized Savion enough to see what exactly he can do with that compared to putting Jay Witt in. Now, I think Jay Witt's is along for the ride right now. I think he's he, he came back to win a Big 12 championship, and he's going to do anything. To he's out or bust. Yeah. So, so can, can I offer, you know, we, we've called it the Red Cat, and maybe, you know, when we saw it against uh, K-State, didn't work out so well. Yeah. But maybe you put Witt in, and you call it the Red, Witt, and Blue. Ah. Uh, uh, hey, that's uh, come on. Oh, right. that, that's cute. Richard, Richard would have been proud of my dad joke that. there. Come yeah. on. Come on. <laughs> Listening, you're probably L O L E. But, but like, to talk about that running back room, though, right? Um, with with Brooks being, being out, you know, everyone's wondering what's the offense going to look like. And from talking to Sarko Monday, it just seems like it's going to be standard as the standard. Like they're going to keep doing the same thing they've been doing. They're just going to give the keys to Baxter. And so Sark did also mention that if this injury would have happened a month ago, he would have been worried. You know, because CJ clearly was only 65%, 70% with his foot injury. Uh, but now he looks 100% healthy. And so I think he's ready to take on this workload. Now, I do think they already kind of started to put blue in the game at different moments. So it's not like he's coming fresh off the bench. Like he's had some experience. He had that run against BYU, which is huge touchdown. Uh, and so, like, those are the type of things that those experiences that we didn't think would matter that much. Now for Jaden Blue, that meant a lot, you know, that he's been able to have those carries over the past couple of weeks because he's going to be asked to do more. And also, look look for Keelan. I think Sark talked about it this week about Keelan, that change of pace type he's running back. Healthy, he right? Yeah, yeah, he's healthy. He's okay. Uh, okay. Uh, well, he does a lot on special teams, and so he puts mm -hmm. in a lot of effort on that. And I, I won't be surprised if we see his like maybe jet sweeps and, and put him out in the perimeter more to use that speed. Mm -hmm. uh, see how they can do that but yeah i think the keys are going to be in cj's hands they're not going to start passing the ball for 50 times uh unless they need to uh mm -hmm. hopefully they don't you know which means but, they're down on the road yeah, <laughs> exactly exactly so uh the, i think it's going to be the same as usual just trust in the true freshman and see where it takes you 
He's a yes. five star for a reason. He is a five star for a reason. Yeah. And it, we're not in game one. Yeah. You know, we're going but in. But do we have five star culture? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, again, the one thing that does concern me a little bit, you know, we look looking at the TCU game, Texas, you know, we were we were moving the ball pretty well. Our, the second quarter, we went nuts. We scored a bunch. Third quarter just kind of stalled. Right. And we did see after Brooks came out, um, Texas really couldn't get its running game going. Yeah. Now, one of the things we were seeing, Ed, at least I was noting, it felt like a lot of the plays that Stark started calling at this point, that they were designed to develop five, six yards behind the line of scrimmage. And I felt like that put our O-line a little bit at a disadvantage. And to, to Baxter's running style, Baxter's, a, to me, a quick cut. He's downhill. He's a knife that cuts through. He's hit fast and go. Brooks is the more patient back. He's the more one that patient. lets things develop, finds the holes, hits it, and goes, right? This, to me, that is where I think we're going to need to see a little bit of a shift in the play calling just to, to put our guys in the best position. You know, Sark was talking about when Malik came in, you know, he likes to talk to each quarterback and know what plays they're comfortable with. I hope he does that with the running backs too. Look, I know this is your, your style. This is a play that's designed more for hit that style. I, I, I'm a little nervous about that. If it's just the same play calling, you know, where we're trying to force that, that running style through. That's a great point. I, 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 I agree with you. I saw on the field, there's a couple of times when I'm shooting a game and you can just tell maybe Baxter cut outside and the lineman thought they were going to cut inside. Mm -hmm. And throughout the year, when we talked to Christian Jones, when we talked to Jake Majors about why what makes Brooks so effective is that he's able to kind of get the feel for what this offensive line is doing. Like you mentioned, it's patience. And then once he feels for it and he finds the hole, then he goes. But Baxter may, be, may just be a one-cut guy. Um, and so there's a little bit of chemistry that's not there yet because also Baxter's been hurt. Mm -hmm. So trying to get a feel for how do I run behind this offensive line is still a thing that he's learning as well. So – Hopefully it doesn't hinder them, and they only have about two weeks to figure it out. So uh, hopefully before they, a championship game, yeah, 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 before the championship game. So I agree with you though. There were times throughout the game when I saw them communicate, and it's like, oh, I thought you were gonna go this way, but you went that way, you know. And so mm -hmm. to me, that tells me they're not on the same page yet when it comes to run blocking with Baxter. With the Baxter, back. right? Well, we know, um, like Blue, you mentioned his breakaway speed. He's not as much the inside guy that um, Brooks was. So maybe that's where a place where Red Savion can help this week. Some of the inside stuff. He's got more of the body type. So we'll see. Um, Keelan, he's the speedy guy. So it, it, I, we'll, we'll see where they use them all. There's so much talent. Yeah. And if anybody can figure out how to use them, it will be the combo of Flood and um, and Sark. So we'll, and choice, and choice. Choice, and choice. Yes, exactly. So we're going to trust that they're, that they're <laughs> planning something trust really that the good. Coaches know their players the better dark, than we do. On Crazy. the road in the dark. Look, that's it. <laughs> hey, all right. So we were off on our picks for TCU. I think the oh. world was a little bit off on their picks for TCU, but again, oh, when I heard Sark, I was too. I thought it'll be a 20 point blowout. 
Yeah. Yeah. It was for a minute. Yeah, it was. We were right. End the game. What was the old Aggie joke? If we we didn't lose the game, we just ran out of time. I feel like with Texas, we have too much time. We just end the game at halftime. Stop the count. Stop the count. count. (laughs) (laughs) That's how I feel with Texas is playing. Yeah. Yeah. I like, well, again, so Texas survives in advance. The goal of winning a big 12 championship still very much on the line for this Mm -hmm. season. Now, something we've looked at. I did want to ask you this. Uh, there are some rumblings that the Big 12 is going to change the uh, the rules. They were clarifying, clarifying them, the rules. The tiebreaker rules. Sorry. Clarifying the rules mid-season. Uh, you know, it's getting a lot of fuss from, from OU because it does seem to, yeah. the clarification does seem to hurt o- OU's chances of getting into the championship. You know, we had talked about your mark perhaps not being the most professional. Mm-hmm. Um, rule changes are fine. Not mid-season. mid-season when things are already pretty much decided feels a little shady. Uh, do you have any any thoughts on that? That might be a fun little sound clip to piss everybody off. Uh, <laughs> not uh, to be honest with you, I haven't read up too much on the whole rule clarification because the one only thing I'm worried about is Texas winning. Like as long as they handle their business, I'm gonna look at that. You know, so uh, that's that's the goal right now to see how can Texas can keep winning. Now, of course. Oklahoma, they kind of screwed themselves, if we're being honest. Uh, losing to UCF the way they did, crazy. Did not expect that at all. They got just ran through. Um, and then, of course, losing to Kansas. Uh, oh, like, I, I mean? seem to recall getting a lot of heat for that as a Texas fan. With so, Bean. Uh, with Bean. Not even with Jalen Daniels. And I'm, I'm, I apologize. I said they lost to UCF. I meant to say Oklahoma State. Uh, yeah. And so – yeah, I just think those two losses and the Oklahoma State loss, I will say this for Oklahoma fans, that non-call on Drake Stoops in the end zone, like I couldn't believe it. it I really couldn't. They got screwed. Like, it was, was almost bad. like when they decapitated Worthy at the goal line. Yeah. <laughs> yeah like, it it happened. So obvious. Like I'm like, oh, where's the flag? That's a flag. Easy flag. No, no. And then you slow it down. It makes it work, look even worse. Like, like yeah. how did you miss that? And so I I agree. Like it, it it's been some shady stuff throughout this year, but uh, Texas is in the driver's seat right now. And as long as they keep winning, maybe they see Oklahoma State. Who knows? Maybe they see uh, heck anybody at this point. I think they're ready for anybody. And I think any team that thinks they're going to run the ball on Texas, they're going to have a rude awakening. Uh, and I think that's what Oklahoma State wants to do. So if that is the matchup, I think they'll be ready for that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I've been playing with that a little bit, like looking at different scenarios. If all of the teams that are favored in the next two weeks win out, it's going to be Texas and K-State in -hmm. in the championship. Um, Right. There are a few scenarios. If Houston wins this week, then it ends up being Texas and everybody else wins out like they're supposed to. Then it ends up being Texas and OU. So -hmm. there are definitely some scenarios we can play with. Exactly. Like you said, Texas is fully in the driver's seat, but the odds do change drastically. So if Texas wins at ISU and drops the last game against Tech for some ungodly reason, Texas is still in the championship game. Okay. However, if Texas loses this Iowa State game, even if they beat Tech, a lot of crazy, crazy things, have a lot of upsets have to happen for Texas to get back in. So I, it's not overstating to say this is that, that Iowa State is a must-win game for Texas. Oh, absolutely um, must. Yeah. So do you have a little bit of time to 
chat with us about ISU. Like maybe yeah, yeah, I got about 10 minutes. Got about 10 minutes. I love it. All right. Well, as we launch into that, I would love to bring up the comments by uh the oh. left guard. Uh let me see. Yeah, Jared Hufford. Uh, definitely getting some bulletin board material out there this week. Uh, he said, it's going to be one heck of a farewell present. They are going to come in here talking about Texas on senior night in the dark. I don't think they really know what's going to be coming for them. We've beaten them four out of the last five times at home. They don't have a good record here. They get all the five-star recruits and have all the nicest stuff in the world, and they just think they don't stink. They're humans, and that's how I see them. They're people that have such a high ego that need to be checked. Okay, and that that was the line, right? That's the line. Needs I to be checked. I'm cool. I'm cool with every like. Yes, those are facts. Texas doesn't fare well in Close. a. Except last- that Texas is not lost. It's not four of the last five. Texas has lost three of the last four. Hmm. ISU like the 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 series record is fifteen and five. Texas yeah, is fifteen and five with yeah, ISU. But at you know at Iowa State at night, you know that is a. It's an intimidating place. Like, let's let's keep it real. It is weird things happen in games at night, and it's cold. You know, so like, and I'm not a big cold guy. Like, <laughs> I can't do any. My, my apartment's at like 73 right now. Like, you I really, and Rocky would get yeah. along splendid. I do not do cold. It hits 71 degrees. She's in a parka. <laughs> I can't do that. But that last line really just like you didn't have to say that. Like that's that's the one thing you didn't have to say. Now you poke the bear. Uh, now you got Byron Murphy quote tweeting it. You got Sweat quote tweeting it. You got all these dudes, former Longhorns quote tweeting it. It's like now you got all the eyes on you, and you got to go against two of the best defensive tackles in the nation. So good luck, you know, <laughs> really good luck. Right. But I just didn't think you had to go there on that last line. That was just too far, in my opinion. I think. Look, I have no problem with you know trash talking and and banter back and forth. And look, you got to have swagger, right? Yeah. We talked about it. Everybody loves to hate Texas. We know they're talking shit in the in the background. We know that. But I have to agree with you. First of all, he was he was wrong on his numbers. Also, when he's talking about, you know, all the five stars and all the facility, ISU's facilities are not bad. They have invested recently and have nice facilities. On top of that, he's he's playing the victim too. He is, but, but is this the week? And are these the guys like he's the one that's about to have to line up against sweat uh-huh. the best and <laughs> by the way in the country and by the way sweat was a three star yeah Iron Murphy was barely a four star so I I get the sentiment I get the overall idea and what he was going for but he was kind of off base on some of it I can just imagine his quarterbacks going are you yeah like me? come on dude like, thanks on, for dude. that man that's like right there <laughs> and it's just like coming into this game before those comments were made i think the conversation around like the media circles was just like this is a scary game you know mm-hmm. this this is a very scary game you go up to Ames, and you know no one's out there a lot of us aren't even going to travel out to iowa state just because you know budgets and so like <laughs> it's not gonna be yeah i'm just saying uh so like it's just not gonna be a lot of media there so you know do they really like lock in you know do they really take this game seriously, knowing Texas Tech is next. And now it's like, yeah, they're, they're locked in. <laughs> like, they're for sure locked in. Like, if, they didn't need to make these comments. So right. Now, if if there was any doubt that Texas might perhaps overlook this game. Now, I don't think Texas was overlooking this. No. We know, you know, the Bo Davis rant happened two years oh. ago after the loss in Iowa State at, you know, in Ames. I don't think the Texas staff or this team is taking Iowa State, certainly at night, lightly at all but he just sealed the deal on that you guaranteed that we are not overlooking this and looking past it Uh, again i appreciate the swagger 
But if you're going to talk that kind of talk, man, you better be able to walk the walk. You got to walk it walk. And, you know, it's funny you mentioned Sweat because and the Bo Davis rant. Did you did you watch the podcast with Sweat and Alex Okafor? Sweat actually, uh, <laughs> he confessed that he was a guy laughing at the back of the bus when Bo Davis went off. <laughs> and so it's like full circle moment. Like, right. Look where we're at now. Right. Now Sweat is going to be the guy to go against the dude that was talking trash. And he's the reason why Bo Davis went off. And so it's like, this is so cool. A lot of storylines and how much, and that also shows how much Sweat has grown, right? Right. As, and matured, you know, just as a player and, and as a leader that now he recognizes that like he, what he says and how he carries himself trickles down to the rest of this defense. Uh, and I just think it's real cool how you saw the development on the field, but also you see the development off the field as Devondre hopefully makes that next step to the NFL. Absolutely. And look how many of the other players now that are team leaders were also on that bus. Yeah. You know, they're now, you know, John Avery mentioned Sweat. There's so many players that are now team leaders on this team that know what it's like to get get their ass chewed up chewed out for what happened the way they the way they responded to how they played and then the way they responded to it was not acceptable and that was that was a key turning point for Mm -hmm. the team and if they didn't i they didn't need any more bulletin board material because they had championship you know opportunity is on the line revenge on the line you know possibly college football playoff opportunities everything's still on the line they didn't need more bulletin board material but they gave it to him. Nail yeah. in the coffin. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Do you have um do you have a prediction, score prediction for this game? Oh, okay. Yeah. Let me think. I'm trying to think. Uh, Iowa State, they love to control the football. I mean, that's what they love to do. They run that 3-3-5 defense. And on the other side of the ball, they love to run the football, control the time of possession to limit the other team's possessions, you know. And the thing about this 3-3-5 defense, Texas has faced against that the last two weeks. TCU runs the same defense. The only difference is TCU on offense loves to go. You know, they love no huddle. So, tempo. Mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. You know, they do a lot of tempo. And so at the, at the end of the day, this 3-3-5 defense is supposed to kind of slow down the opposing offense. But if you're going tempo on the other side, it's just going to make still Texas get 75, 76 plays a game. But now against Iowa State, since they go slow, Texas may hit that 50, 55 plays this game. And so do they make the most out of those plays? That's the question. So I don't think that they're going to reach that 30-point mark that they've been hitting all year, excluding last week, which no one's really talking about that. But dang, bro, they had a nice little streak going. 30 streaks. <laughs> oh, I talked about it. I told Megan <laughs> later that night, I, the next morning, I said, last night I woke up in the middle of the night and I said that – fumbled snap for the extra point that kept us from keeping 30 points a game. I woke yes. up in the middle of the night and thought about that. Yes, exactly. So now that that pressure's off, I don't think <laughs> I don't think Texas does score 30 points this game. I'm going to call 24 to 10 Texas. Wow. Okay, so you have them covering pretty big here. Uh line is at line's gone down a little. It's at seven and a half. So I like it. I, I like it. 24 10. We'll put you on. Yeah. With, with the added motivation, I just don't, I think that, Kind of, yeah. I, I agree. It might have been a little bit different before the comment. Exactly. It now, have. now. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Not so much. We know we're getting down to the time that you have 20 other jobs. <laughs> <laughs> so can we each ask you one quick question? Because I know you have to go in just a minute. Yeah, what's up? What's up? I have to ask you the fits, the style, the clothes. Oh, yeah. The, I've, I've, okay. Because when we added each other on Instagram, I had to go see, you know, see the pictures and things. And, and you post great photos of, 
of the gear. What what's the inspiration? Where do you shop? Yeah, How do you yeah. Put together. Uh, well, I tell this story to everybody that asks. Um, I have three older sisters, so I'm the youngest of four. Um, and so when I was growing up, didn't have a lot of swag. If I'm being honest with you, didn't really dress well. And so when I was about seventh grade, eighth grade, my sisters were always teasing me about how like, Corey, you'll never find a girlfriend. You never get a wife if you dress like that. So I'm like, dang, bro. Like, <laughs> okay, let me let me take this fashion thing seriously. So okay, since that point, the ladies. yeah, once I got into high school and then started to figure out trends and stuff, and uh, of course being around um, the sporting world, there's a lot of fashion in the sporting world, and so that also influenced me. And at, at the end of the day, like, I just want to look good, you know, and so I want to carry myself in a way that, you know, just as a band of color and just as a minority that I have other younger dudes and high school kids and maybe middle school kids look up to me and see a dude in a suit that is a man of color, is a black dude. And it's like, I didn't have that growing up when I was trying to work my way up into this industry. So hopefully I can be an inspiration to somebody else. When the, with the way I dress. Uh, and so, you, got the, you got the looks. It's, you're it. always on point. Always yeah. on point. And I got a quick question. We'll make it super fast. If you had to pick one guy on Texas's team right now, like favorite player for whatever reason, mm. who's your favorite? Who's your favorite player? Wow. See, you're going to get me in trouble. You know? I am. I'm going to throw out a little favoritism here. <laughs> have favorites. But you report oh. evenly and you're a yeah, yeah, yeah. being clear. Uh, Who do you enjoy Jade, interviewing? Honest, with? I mess with uh, two dudes. I'll give you two. Jade Barron. He's going to be on TV one day. I, I wholeheartedly believe it. He, his character, um, the way he asks questions on Mondays, like, I think it's really cool. Yeah, uh, He's just a guy, right? He's a guy that I, I really connect with and uh, was able to do a, a kind of cool piece with him and Jamal Shedd, the point guard for U of H. So they grew up together here in Austin. Um, and so uh, I was able to talk to Shedd and Shed said that Jade was a hooper back in the day and he really was, was a pretty good hooper. And so uh, I was like, okay, cool. So I got that connection. The other guy is Christian Jones. I mean, every time we talk to Christian Jones, perfect soundbite. He's always laughing. Um, he's always just a lovable character. He's like a gentle giant. Uh, I was able to go to a, a little signing thing, NIL signing thing, a couple weeks ago, I think last week or a week and a half ago, mm -hmm. uh, on, on Guadalupe with Malik and Jay Witt. And uh, Jonathan Brooks was there. Uh, Christian Jones was there. And they're just signing autographs for fans. And uh, couldn't get an interview with anybody because all their agents were there. Like Malik's agent was there. Brooks's agent was there. Jay Witt's agent was like, nah, they, we're not doing anything. <laughs> so I just straight up, I need a soundbite because I, I went there for the news. So, right. I, <laughs> uh, and so I just straight up like told Christian like, hey, dog, like, can you just give me like a couple, couple questions? Like, he's like, yeah, anytime. Like, no hesitation. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, you want to do it right now? We can set up right now. I said, bet, bro. So wow. like that type of stuff, I really do appreciate from Christian. And mm. you know, he doesn't have to do that, but he does. And he's just a lovable guy. And I respect him a lot for everything he does with his program and the way he's been able to develop to the player he is today. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much. We we love it. We appreciate it. We, we're always looking forward to your, to your new, like seeing what you're rocking, mm. right? Mm. We're looking forward to now it. Now the pressure's on. All right. All right. Now everyone's watching. <laughs> no, I, I love it, man. Well, again, we thank you so much for being here. We truly appreciate it. This was, was so much fun talking to you. Yeah. And, and we'll uh, we'll catch up again soon. Yeah, yeah well, sorry, anytime. Tell everybody yeah. again how to find you, where you are, how to find you. Yeah, okay, I got you. Yeah, and on uh, Twitter. No X, right? Twitter, Corey underscore Mo's, uh, IG, Corey underscore Mo's TV. And then Facebook, of course, is Corey Mo's, Twitter, Corey Mo's. And then uh, Mo's Knows, episode one podcast coming out next week. On we will YouTube, share the Spotify. link. Uh, we're going to have video, all that. So excited, excited. Ooh, Love it. It's going to be exciting. We're looking forward to it. We will be there. We'll be, we'll be listening and watching. We appreciate you, you, Corey. Thank you so much. All right. All right. Take care. All right. Bye-bye.
I love it. Well, that was so much fun. That was amazing. You know, it's, it's interesting. Wish, yeah, go oh, ahead. No, no, go ahead. I was going to say, it's interesting to me saying that, you know, he was telling us that not a lot of media is going to be at this ISU game just because mm. the budget getting there, it's, yeah. it's tough to get up. I was like, man, hop in the truck. Like, I got space. <laughs> want to ride with the dog? And Let's go. <laughs> yeah. I love it. That, that's pretty cool. Um, like, what, okay, so when we first asked him a question, then he was just rolling with all the thoughts. Just like and writing then you're, down you're crazy. writing furiously, and I'm, and I'm thinking in my brain, okay, Remember Brian. that. Ask Remember that. <laughs> That's just so much good stuff. No, he's awesome, man. Yeah. He's, you know, and he's on, you know, a few minutes a night, but he 100%. I cannot wait for that podcast. Like, I can't wait. He deserves his own time and like people yeah. come in and he's such a great guy. I was going to ask because they just finished covering high school sports. Like mm -hmm. they do a, a Friday night sports, mm -hmm. you know, like Friday night high school football. And so this past Friday, I think was the last one. That's like the big 30, 40 minute show. Um, so I was going to ask, Oh, is that how you have time now to do <laughs> actually do your own project? Because um, they get a little bit of break from having to jump around high schools and right. stay up late and all that. That's a grueling schedule. I can't imagine yeah. like having to go to 17 different games. And in he looks two cold days. like Friday night because he was just saying he doesn't like the cold <laughs> yeah. and I don't like the cold either. You are the same people. Yeah. Like and so when my brother and I went to the, we walked over to the Westlake game and we just bundled up, you know, we're fine. But it, even though the temperature wasn't dropping, it was getting cold. Well, it was, it was that like, damp. Like that really yeah, it, human it was cold drizzly too. It feels us, gross. So it yeah. just makes you feel, you know, chilly. To the bone. That's like yeah. a to the bone cold. So when when we got home from the game and then we started on the news and he's just like, at a, game, at a game, I'm like, people. I get it. I'm, <laughs> I, I don't connected like in that cold. moment. Yeah, I don't I like it. to be cold either. I love it. Well, we know there's not going to be a lot of media necessarily at the game right. uh, up at, at Ames. I'll be making the trek up still. Yeah, maybe you're going. Working on you a little bit. So, but we know this is going to be a heavy ISU attended game. So for the Texas Longhorns that are watching at home, you got to make sure that you have got the absolute best setup, right? So you guys give AV consultations a call. They are like, don't spend your money. Don't waste your money and your time driving around trying to find a bar with overpriced drinks and you can't see the TV and it's loud and you can't hear what's going on. Set your own place up. Let AV consultations take care of you with, they do, uh, they do, Indoor, outdoor, they do security, they do big screens, projectors, whatever you're needing, you can make your man cave or your she shed or your woman cave exactly how you want it. They'll take care of you. They've been in business since 1988 and will hook you up the way that they've hooked up thousands of Central Texans over the years. So give them a call, 512-255-8678 or check them out online at avconsultations.com. Good job. So all right. So we were at the, we'll wrap up the TCU talk um, mm -hmm. now um, before the four o'clock hour, mm -hmm. happy hour. Um, so we were at the game mm -hmm. and we, um, we got there early in the day. We went to, we, we found this place. We got to talk about how we pick <laughs> this place. We do. So we come and take it. So we are looking at, we're driving up, we're meeting some friends, you know, to have lunch and mm -hmm. stuff before we were heading to your other friend who hosted an awesome little tailgate. Yeah. yeah. Shout out to yes. Kathy. She Kathy, was amazing. You, Kathy. We had a fun little tailgate uh, in her front yard. She literally lives off of Berry street, Where which you can walk to if y'all are familiar, it's like a quarter of a mile from the stadium. Mm -hmm. So super easy walk, you know, everything's safe and protected. So great as, setup. So yeah. as we were driving up, we were like, where are we going to eat lunch? And so we said, I said, well, let me, you know, Megan said map around there. So I was mapping around, you know, there's lots of great, you know, it's college towns. There's, you know, there's mm -hmm. 
Cool little bar pubs area. And, yeah, yeah. Sp- pubs and sports bars mm-hmm. and, you know, places. Off a university, real close to campus. Yeah. So mm-hmm. we're looking and I was zooming in. I'm like, okay, this place looks good. It's called the Backyard. And, I, you know, they show you the pictures of the food. It looked really good. And mm-hmm. so Megan's like, go into the Yelp. See what the Yelp reviews are. And Yelp I, and Google. Yeah, yeah, Yelp. And so I go and look and I said, well, I'm going to read some of them because people give dumb reviews for Yelp. <laughs> All the time. All the time. So there was a couple of five stars. Oh, great food. Great service. I'm like, okay, that looks good. They were like, well, you got to see why people gave it one star one person said i gave it one star because there was the dress code was no sweats and they were wearing sweats and they couldn't get it so in. they gave it one star i'm like well that's the dress code yeah. and then somebody else said they had a come and take it flag and i was offended and so i'm like okay they, you know the battle were, of gonzalez flag yeah and they like were we offended and that's that's fine and i'm like okay we're going there because <laughs> exactly. they have the come and take it flag well, and we get there point. And there was no, <laughs> no, it was funny because there was a bar across the street that was called Texas Republic, which clearly was the place that had the, the Battle of Gonzalez flag there. So they didn't even review the right place. It was yeah. across the street that had pissed them off and they reviewed. And this we place. had a great time. It the- was awesome. It was huge. And yeah. there weren't many people there because college town, it was, yeah. uh, we got there easily at 11. And I mean, tons of screens everywhere. Like the drinks were good. The food was awesome. Food was great. There's like indoor cornhole and games, giant like Connect Connect Four. It was just like a big, like kind of a grown up playground. It was called the backyard, but it was all these fun toys or or games, games that you would have in your backyard. And it it was all indoor with like the sliding up um, garage doors that slide up in the Mm -hmm. back. It was awesome. Real open air, great service. We had a good time. Yeah. And we hung out there and then your friend hosted. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad we found it on this the last time that we're going to Fort Worth. So that's always good. Timing's always perfect. I don't know when we'll ever get back there. But yeah, of course, we we jumped over to set up the tailgate uh, and had a great time. Mm -hmm. You know, you had a lot of folks and this is very indicative. I think a lot of y'all saw this on TV as well. It's pretty obvious, but we had folks driving by and of course, honking and giving us the finger and you know because we're wearing we're, we're doing the egregious thing of wearing burnt orange and drinking mm-hmm. a drink in a at a tailgate crazy um so yeah we knew that tcu was going to come out and have some attitude uh, against texas kind of like everybody does again people love to hate texas maybe more than they love themselves mm-hmm. uh here we are so went in it was a tough atmosphere at first, kind of. Would you? I mean, would you say that it was an aggressive atmosphere? Well, yes. Yeah. So I let me for the let team, me. not the fans. For the team, before we get to the fan stuff. Like, oh yeah. Oh no. Yeah, I would think that the the student section was full and rowdy. They had that horn thing going. And I have to quickly, quickly say thank you to at Adam the Great, the with no e at Adam the Great, because when I decided Saturday morning, Richard says, <laughs> "If Texas loses, it'll be your fault." Like what? This is at six in the morning. <laughs> yeah. If Texas is your fault, I'm like, yeah, because you should go to the game. You should go to the game. I'm like, okay, you're right. I should go to the game. So Saturday morning, I jumped up and go to the game. And yeah. uh, fortunately, everybody was really excited that I was going because that's a W. Mm-hmm. And thank you, Adam the Great, for at Adam the Great for giving me a free ticket to the game. Yeah, that was awesome. And where we were, I was sitting. I sat with the, those new friends for a little bit, and then we came mm-hmm. up to where you were. And um, it, they were rowdy. They were they, they were, were rowdy loud. They early were, though. They were rowdy. Like I said, they like, got back into it again. Well, a lot of them after left. half the stadium I had know. already gone. I mean, but they they were they were rowdy. They were pumped up. Yeah, I would say it, at halftime, a lot of them left. It got a lot quieter, and then that's when things kind of stagnated for Texas mm-hmm. for both teams. Really, there wasn't a lot going on in the third quarter, um, and then fourth quarter. Of course, TCU had this kind of roaring comeback, and and you know the two the third of the stadium that was still there in purple got loud then. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I mean, it was a battle through and through. Uh, 
Do you feel that Texas's red zone issues were better this game? Statistically, they were. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to say yes, they're fine. <laughs> Again, we'll talk about it because in, in a four o'clock hour, mm-hmm. we'll do our three, two, one, three good, two bad, one sure. to grow on. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll talk about, I need to talk about the, bun- the specialty. <laughs> Yeah, the kicking's great. Punting, not so much. Yeah, so we'll 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 talk about it. But I think offensively they they're improving. Yeah, improving. Okay, well that's fair. That's fair. Um, so yeah, we definitely saw uh, some back and forth again from Quinn. We talked about this a little bit with Corey. I I want to jump into it a little bit more before we we break into the ISU conversation. How are you feeling if you had to grade Quinn's comeback in the TCU game? Not comeback, but it, grade him in the TCU game. How do you think he? How do you think he fared? What would you give him? I'd, I'd say, considering his whole mind is on his protecting his injury the whole time, there were some uh, obvious throws he would want back. There were some throws like that Corey mentioned. The one that would have been a sure touchdown, mm-hmm. to Ad Mitchell off to the right um, that he just missed, and there there were some miss throws and then there were some beautiful things and then you take that nfl throw and nfl catch to secure the well pretty much secure the win at the end to mm-hmm. ad mitchell again at an i mitchell again um i would give him a solid b plus because there was still too much of a gap yeah of no not that it was all his fault when you know i don't know there's still too much of a gap Again, it's yeah. hitting those breaks. There, like, were, there were some done. things where it wasn't the play call. It was absolutely the execution that sure. we saw. We looked Agreed. at it. I'm like, see, look who's wide open. The and, the, there. and the throw wasn't made or the block wasn't made. Yeah. And so, but overall, I'd say a solid B+. Plus. I, I like Lots that. of room for improvement. I think that's a uh, that's a fair level-headed take on that. Um, you know, I, one of the things I do want to give the flowers, I, this the incredible catch. Um, well, two plays, really. We had the one that was an interception. That uh, was a turnover for Texas. Missed Jay Witt. Uh, Jay Witt missed the initial tackle there. But then we watch him and Worthy, man. I've got to give Worthy his flowers too because there have definitely been a lot. There's been some criticism of him for not putting in the effort on every play sometimes. Whether that's right, wrong, or indifferent, the criticism is there. Mm-hmm. And you could not say that on this play. Both Jay Witt and Worthy ran their asses off and got all the way back uh, basically to the line of scrimmage to catch up yep. um, and make the tackle. And then, you know, Worthy recovered the ball. Right. And, you know, Jay Witt was there to make the tackle. So he, to me, you know, we talk about culture. We talk about what's happening. That is a huge play that is defining. Like that mm-hmm. defines Texas culture in a nutshell. The play didn't go the way we wanted to, but the effort that those guys put in and then made the plays, you know, what was that, 35 yards down? I mean, it was – that was a massive effort. So um, I want to give a shout out to them for sure. Um, again, Texas walks away surviving and advancing. Didn't hit the 30 points, didn't but we'll the take 30 it. Points, but the kick, if the, yeah, right. the kick, so close. Uh, if they made that so close, they could have hit their 30. But you know what? And I and I tweeted this. Don't let anybody who's not nine and one tell you the way your team got to nine and one isn't amazing. Exactly. Because there are so many teams who wish they had nine ugly wins right, right now, right. or seven or eight ugly and a couple pretty. There are so many teams that wish they had nine ugly wins, and we have nine beautiful wins because winning <laughs> because on the they're road, wins. Yes, because they're W's <laughs> and winning on the road at night in a hostile environment in a conference on your way out the door. And overcoming adversity with injury and a critical, huge injury that really deflated them for a little bit. Yeah. Um, for a while until they got back going. Thank you. 
Richard's here. It's four o'clock yeah, right gotta, on time. Look. Overcoming look all of that. Time. Thank you. Overcome it's happy hour. Overcoming all of that and getting a thank you. Conference win on the road that keeps you. Thank you, Richard. That keeps you um in the hunt, in the fight for all the things mm -hmm. that are controlling their own destiny still. It went all those thank you. All those things um are still out there and they're beautiful. Mm -hmm. All those wins are beautiful. <laughs> they're not perfect, but they're W's. They're so, perfect in that they are a W. We are not. Win. We are they're not, in the right column. Yeah, we haven't <laughs> won enough lately to act like nine wins is not amazing. And beyond that, too, this is not the, the football season. Yes, we're seeing Alabama improve a little bit more. You know, Georgia has done great things. But overall, like body of work in college football, like mm -hmm. it's not like there are 17 teams that are just blowing everybody out and everybody else, right? Like a win is a win. Mm -hmm. the, the landscape has changed. So heck yeah, let's definitely take it. And I'm going to cheers yeah. to that. All right. So it is four o'clock, which is nine happy. Nine. Ooh, don't spill. I'm trying cheers. to. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> it's happy hour. Love it. And for happy hour, we have, uh, we'll tell you what we have going on this hour, our four o'clock hour. So that was awesome. Our first hour, we had Corey Mose. That was pretty cool because yeah, we've great. been, we, I can't tell you how kind he was when I first messaged him. Like, hey, we have this going on, Tech Sports Unfiltered. And right away, you know, followed us back, messaged with us, kept the communication going, found a day that worked for all of us. Mm -hmm. And what happiness he brings when he just, he reports with joy, right? He's enjoying what he's doing. Mm -hmm. That's always really cool. So should we go ahead and um, uh, let everybody know who we have next week as our special guest? Bring it on. Okay. This one I'm excited about. Oh, well, they're, I'm excited about all of them because they're all good. Because we're trying really hard to have fun conversations with fun people. Um, next week, Wednesday, we have Ruben Pasado. And if you, you've heard him on Wednesday, you know who he is. It's the Los Longhorns en Español. Yes. He's amazing. <laughs> he's amazing. Javier Ruardi. Yes. He's so like, you cannot, you can't listen to him and not get excited. Everyone get loves hyped. when Texas football releases the Longhorn en Español, like mm -hmm. the great lines. Everyone tries to translate what he's saying. The great nicknames. I, I might have to suggest that when we have him on, we've got to get a clip from him to add to our intro. Oh, yeah. we should. Oh, yeah. we'll get Throw something good. Oh, we'll get something good. So we'll tell you. So Ruben has done. Um, what I love that guy. Yes, Lee. He's coming. So he's actually been Richard and I. He's been our friend for a few a few years now. A while back, he uh, is going to tell us all about uh, playing uh, rugby. I mean, playing American football and rugby mm -hmm. in Mexico. Commentating how he got to commentate for the NFL. He's been the Longhorns voice in Spanish. Um, for 29 years. That's great. He's the That's Craig crazy. Way in Spanish. He's been the yeah. Craig Way of Espanol for, for, yeah, for 29 years. And just, he knows the history of yeah. Texas sports and, and NFL. And he's, he's incredible. He's like an encyclopedia of information. And so we get to talk to him. Yes. Dr. Pisado. He is actually medically trained. I mean, it, he's just such a, such an interesting interesting person and the personality is going to be great. So we get to talk to him next week. Uh, that's going to be fun. And he's going to stay with us a little bit, like a little while. So that'll be fun. I love it. All I'm right. Excited. So three, two, ones. Got those coming up. We'll have, uh, we'll talk about a little bit about the college coaching carousel. Oh yeah. And which you're excited about. I am. <laughs> I always like talking trash. So. Our college football picks. We did pretty good last week. Our college football picks. 
You did pretty good. Right. Um, we did pretty, and then we have women in sports, and then we have. I'm gonna talk ISU a little bit more too. Oh yeah, yeah, we'll talk more. one in the game. Yes. All right. So all right, so we're moving. Let's let's kick up with our three, two, one. It's a new segment that we're doing. Okay. Uh, so we do it three good things uh, that Texas is doing. Two bad things and one to grow on. So what? Two uh, bad things. Two what? I mean, yeah. that's no. Yeah, it is. I just I feel bad saying bad things. Three, we're going to keep it real. They're bad. They're not great. And How not, about that? Not the good Michael Jackson. Three bad. good. Two, two not so great. <laughs> and one bad. Two, Whatever. Two anyway, we're for improvement. We're we're jumping into the three, two, one. Rocky, I'm going to let you kick it off. Give me your three good things that get you excited and amped up for Texas football right now. Okay, I'm going to go off. Um, we're wrapping up TCU and kind of where we are now. My good still again this week is the kicking. Bert, uh, um, Auburn's kicking. I'm so impressed with, especially we talked about this last week, the pressure that he had after some misses. Um, and now we, we've had key kicks two weeks in a row turn out to be the difference in the game. Um, on the road, kicking a 49-yard field goal to keep some momentum going for Texas. The four for four, two for two for point afters. The kicking to me is fantastic. I'm excited about the confidence that he should have, especially going into hopefully a championship game where kicking is going to be crucial, except he'll get to be in the stadium. That'll be nice. Well. Um, the other, my second good effort. Sark talks about uh, grading effort first in everything he does. And you had just mentioned this play that was just so um, defining of the culture of this team right now, that interception, they took an ugly throw by, you know, Quinn Ewers, it was an ugly throw. And here Worthy is underneath, there's a photo, he's literally has a player on top of him, and he's underneath the player. And then a few, you know, seconds later, he's 30, 40 yards down the field, Jay Witt is coming in Get coming in hot, coming in hot, <laughs> and after he missed the tackle, there's so many players that would have just, you know, he he comes and tries to slide for that tackle, and he goes flying. The guy's gone. He it most players, a lot of players would have quit or said, oh, somebody else Jogged will get back. it, yeah, or said somebody else will get it, yeah. He sprinted with mm-hmm. a hurt toe all the way back, you know, knocks the ball, it comes with intent to get that ball out, and who's right there? the player who was 40, 50 yards down the field with a player on top of him. Like we just, like we just talked about that, but it's just, you can't, I can watch that a hundred times and be like this. And when it's your best players in the program, like Sark was saying, it's not, it's every player is important, but it's not a player that's trying to earn playing time or a player that's, you know, buried on the depth chart trying to shine. No, it's, these are the starters and the leaders in the team giving the most effort Mm -hmm. and trying to keep, they know what's on the line. That's what I said. No, Jay Witt, this season means everything. Getting to a championship game, it means a lot to everyone. But Jay Wett came back again, mm-hmm. overcome adversity every year, leader on the team. And that play shows you that it means everything to him. Absolutely. So that's my two. And my three, my third is just keeping cool. When they say embracing the hate, when you see like Ad and I, those players, you know, shooting the finger, and we've seen video on the road of them having racial slurs mm-hmm. and horrible Alabama. things, mm-hmm. Bama, horrible things said to their faces. Everybody knows it, but like Ad and I said, that's why you come to a big school. That's what you you want the hate. You want to go in there and you know and and it was kind of clever the way he said it. I'll. I don't remember exact words, but it was kind of like those boys wish they could be me. Yeah. Right. They wish they were down here playing D1 football. Right. Where's the lie? lie. I don't remember his exact words, but it was something like that. Like I'm out here doing what they wish they could do. Mm -hmm. So bring the hate. Right. So those are my three, like keeping cool. I'm, I'm impressed because we've seen other 
players, even coaches mm-hmm. go at it with fans and, mm-hmm. and, the, and they go into hostile environments and keep it cool. Absolutely. That's good to me. I like it. All right. You're three good. Yeah. Look, I, I'm going to piggyback on yours a little bit here. Okay. I, I just want to outline the culture. Okay. Again, we've talked about this. I've, I've said this for years. I mean, we've been long suffering Longhorn fans. We were here for the glory years. We were also here in the not so great years. Coach Strong had a coaching issue, not a culture issue. Right. Tom Herman had a culture issue, not a coaching issue. Right. Here with Sark, and I've said this since day one, it's taken a little bit to be blatantly obvious, but Coach Sark, I feel, is the guy that has gotten it together where coaching is in line, culture is in line, we're seeing the guys play for each other. Again, the efforts of, you know, exactly that play we're talking about, Mm -hmm. Worthy and Whittington, you wouldn't have seen that necessarily in some other teams, right? right? We've had some other former players come out and say, you know, in years past, the guys were playing more for the for the name on the back rather than the Texas on the front. And, and that, to me, that mentality that we saw that I think hindered Texas more than Texas fans want to admit, that mentality has gone, right? right. That, that do it for myself. Mm-hmm. I'm at Texas, so clearly I should yeah. win. I'm wearing this Texas on my shirt, so I should just automatically get the win. That's gone. Oh, that doesn't gone. exist anymore. Um, and, you know, we saw it was the Bowden uh, comment. Mm-hmm. First, you don't win. Then you win close. Like, it's the four stages. Then you lose you close. You clean up. Then you, then you lose close. close. Then you win close. Mm-hmm. Then you win big. Yeah. So I Texas is in the win close stage and still somehow in the conversation of maybe – contending for a national championship. Yeah. That is all culture, right? Texas has always gotten big recruits. We've been able to do that. We haven't necessarily developed them properly, but the culture is shining through. That culture has really been the missing link, the missing piece. Uh, and and so I really just want to emphasize that and hammer that home. Right. We're going to get sick of the word, but I'm going to keep saying it because it it is Damn. all the difference in the world. Um, you know, I, I do want to say, I'm going to give our, I'm going to say catches. So culture catches uh ad mitchell has stepped up what an incredible transfer transfer that oh my goodness what a leader playing for that nfl contract absolutely i i think his stock has skyrocketed um he has done a lot for himself here worthy again incredible incredible talent he's he's going out there watching you know adonai and worthy battling out there, it gives Texas the best opportunity to win because, again, you've got two guys. Who do you cover? You've got to commit. The defense has to commit one way or the other. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to commit to Worthy, one of them's open. Yeah, got one of them's got open. a one on one. Yeah. Right. So, and I, I just think, and we've seen some freak catches. Again, Adonai Mitchell going and making that extra effort at the very end of the game that gave Texas the first down to be able to run out the clock to and turn ultimately his body that way, just watching that, you know, I've seen it from so many angles and in slow-mo yes. the focus that takes, look, we are fortunate. Texas is, is in a great position right now. And mm-hmm. we like to fuss as fans. We like to complain, nitpick. We do it as, you know, we're commenting on, on what we're watching, but mm-hmm. my God, we are in a great position right now. We're watching what we're doing. Our own destiny. We do. How it, many people wish they were controlling their exactly. own destiny right now? And our wide receivers have really been a, a huge part of that. We talk about the running game, um, but really our, our receivers, our catches have really been uh, keeping us in this game and keeping us moving forward. Right. Um, and then I'm going to say this. I, I like the O-line. I've got to give them a shout out. 
they have had their issues. There's zero mm -hmm. question. And they've taken a lot of abuse from fans that maybe see one or two plays and get mad about a whole season. <laughs> I, look, I, you know, it's no secret. We know some, some folks that are on the O-line. We, we are friends with a few of them. But beyond that, these guys have worked their asses off. And again, they just got nominated, and the name escapes me, but they're Joe, nominated. Joe for, Moore? Yeah. Is for, it the Joe Moore? Or as a unit, one of the collective best offensive lines in the yeah. nation. That doesn't happen just because your name is Texas. It happens because they haven't been nominated before they're, in a while. Right. Yeah. And they're fighting their asses exactly. off. Exactly. Flood has really gone in and made a big change there. And the potential of this entire line you know, save for Christian Jones coming back next year is huge. Yeah. Keeping Quinn with a clean uniform. He didn't take a single sack. That's huge. Again, coming back off that injury, protecting really his arm. Stepped up. The O-line stepped up and did that. And we're going to have to see that in the, the next two games, obviously. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I just want to shout out. I think that's one of the things that if you had told me four years ago that we'd be in this position with this O-line, I would have gone, huh. That feels like a stretch. Because that's been the week mm -hmm. historically the last five to eight years ago. It's been the weakest right. link on the team for a while. And there's been individuals with talent, but coming together right. with the collection and the unit and the coaching, that's been an amazing. And you don't go on the road at night in a conference game and put almost 500 yards of offense without your own line the, doing something. With the, without your own line putting in work. Right. And, the and especially when at the end when they know you have to run the ball just get even though they didn't get the first down they ran the clock out which is what they needed to do um after that big throw but they yeah. gave but they gave um they gave Quinn the time he needed to make that throw mm -hmm. and I love that uh, Sark mentioned that when the line held they were amazing but it was Baxter that picked up the safety blitz and that's what gave because that could have been that sack at the if they had taken a sack there that could have been a different game. Absolutely. So uh, the O-line's been amazing. Good job. They yep. deserve some props. Yeah, I love it. All right. So now let's get into, you don't want to call it the bad. I'll call it too bad. Like, Aw, too uh, bad. Too bad. I'll call it like that. That's Aww, fair. That's too, fair. Too bad. Give I, us wish, a, I wish it wasn't like that. Give us a couple things that were kind of the the burr under your saddle for this game. <laughs> well, like Rocky. I said earlier, I woke up in the middle of the night thinking, if they had gotten that PAT, it would have been 30 <laughs> points again. Yeah. And yeah. they lost their streak of 30 points. They did. They did. So so I'm going to say, and then the Sanborn, who's been pretty strong, has struggled a little bit with the punting. He had a block kick, which was the blocking schemes. We know that. But maybe he's hesitating again because it was the punting wasn't as consistent as it's been before. But I believe that Sark will build his confidence and he will be right back. So I'm going to say it's bad <laughs> for this game. This game was for not, this, game. this game was not their standard and they, they will get back to their standard. That would I agree. That well, cause at one point Sanborn was averaging, like he had the highest average for punts in the nation. Oh yeah. No, he's a 63 yards or something. Great punter. This game Circumstances was not, yeah. have changed the need yeah. to kick that far at yeah. certain points, which is good. Um, but you're right. There've been some miscues. Yes. And on the other side on. of the punting more with that, deciding to return it in a key time when Texas needed just take the knee and, you know, start the ball. He runs it out and barely makes it to what the 14, 15 yard line. That was not the time to try to play hero, but he's young. And I'm sure they coached him up after that. Yeah. So that's, those are the two too bad. Okay. Um. Well, that's one punting, 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 yep. coming and going. <laughs> and then my other one, the pass defense is still hunting and passing, hunting and passing. All the right. pass defense, when you hover, 
threw for 302 yards, mm-hmm. including two throws for 42 and 46. They ended mm-hmm. up getting because missed tackles, but mm-hmm. that's not DBU. Um, so I and I understand like every week we stop the run so that they have to throw. Right. They, everyone ends up turning to their passing game, and the, the good receivers in the Big 12 they're going to catch good going to catch balls. Um, yeah, I mean, we made Luke I just, Hoover I, look like a rock star. He yeah, ended but, up with a 149.9 QB <sighs> passer rating. So, I mean, yeah, he he looked he looked we, solid. We we've in the in the second half we make their quarterbacks look like um, Peyton Manning all the time. And yeah, we need to. I, it'll come together. It'll come together. Pass defense. All is right. my is my too too bad punting okay. and pass defense. What do you have? Two things that are um, I, to work on. I think the biggest thing for me that is frustrating. Um, is it feels like a mental shutdown. Again, we get that lead. We're up 20. I don't know what it is about being up 20 that Texas just goes, yep, we're good. We're done. Cool. But being up by almost three scores and then we just get comfortable. I don't know. It just feels like we aren't keeping that same dog mentality, right? Of going out there and being aggressive and the execution starts to get a little off. Now, is that other teams making adjustments and us doing the same thing? Everybody goes to the throw, and maybe, that's maybe, where we struggle. People should come out throwing to us earlier. Maybe that's don't part, do it, Iowa State. Right. Well, maybe that's part of it. But <laughs> I just I I still feel, aside from Alabama, I still feel that we haven't seen a fully complete, mentally tough game. Okay. For Texas, all the way through. So that that is one of my uh, womp womps, if we'll womp call them womp. the womp womp, the sad yeah. trombones. Um, the other thing I'm going to say, our redstone defense has improved. So mm-hmm. I don't know that I want to fuss about that too much. But we are now at a point in the season. Um, we're going into our what eleventh game now of the regular season. I was hoping that we would see more consistency hammer it home inside. Again, there's a little bit of difference now that Jay Brooks is out. We did see some improvement, but I'd like to see that. um, I I still feel that we weren't just hitting it as hard as we could there. So easy. I, you know, I think the first one's a stronger womp womp than that, but here we are. All right. Now give me one to grow on. One to grow grow on. on. And this is huge. And this is for me, this is because of the really unfortunate injury to Jonathan Brooks. And I, I really hope the team and his family and everyone's really rallying. I know they, they are. are. I know they are. Yeah. But I just, it's so unfortunate for any student athlete to have to suffer that kind of an injury that, you know, is going to cause surgery and, and rehabilitation and therapy and all the things that come with that. But like we talked about with Corey Mose earlier, there's very few people where when you have this kind of injury, it's millions of dollars on the line. Mm-hmm. He was going to be one of the top, if not the first running back off the board in the NFL draft. He was going to win Doak Walker awards, all the things that come with those, that, you know, that stuff. But for me, what the one to grow on is the opportunity mm-hmm. with this um, setback for Jonathan Brooks comes opportunity mm-hmm. for Baxter, for Savion Red, for Keelan Robinson, for, Oh, I wish Jay Witt for blue, Jane blue, all these running backs that they're going to find a place. They're going to have to step up. They're going to have to step up. 
Texas wants to run inside. They want to run outside. They want to set up to throw. They want to throw to run. Like all the things that have to happen, you have to run. So this is an opportunity for the O-line to really be in, you know, in sync with the running back that's out there that play because they're going to have to rotate them to see who's who's hot on the road uh, at Iowa State, right? Mm -hmm. So I just say for one to grow on is I hope I, I know everyone's rallying around Brooks to help get him through this time, but also let's let's see what um, the opportunity sees this opportunity. I like it. Seize the, the day. Seize the opportunity. Seize the day for the rest of the um, running backs. I like it. Look, I I hate to be the one that just mimics what you're saying. But running backs are a huge deal here. Jay Brooks going out road. is season changing. At this point in the season with a critical game coming up in ISU, that's season changing. Right. So, um, yeah, there's certainly that opportunity to grow there, come together as a team, you know, see our young guys step up. Blue, in the few times that he's been in, he's taken advantage of that. I want to mm -hmm. see that more. Um, True. So I, I, I'm going to mimic what you say. And then just because I have to be a little different, I'm going to add on. Okay. I want our coaches oh. to grow a little bit here. Ooh. We talked about this with, with Corey. There were a lot of plays to me at the TCU game where you're watching a play develop. When Baxter went in, Brooks was out. You're watching the play, the play call that was called. The play is supposed to develop four, five, six yards behind the line of scrimmage. Mm. With the guys that we have going in, that's not their style of play. So what I'd really like to see our coaches do not change their game plan. I'm not saying deviate from the run. I'm not saying change what we're doing as a team and our mentality. I am saying adjust your game calling, grow with the changes, mm -hmm. and figure call plays in a way that puts the players that are in and available to have the best chance at success. Right. So that's that's the and one to taking on. advantage of that intermediate throw, which Quinn is really good at. Make mm -hmm. some space. Make some space for the run, and we'll see what they go leaning to first on the road. If they go leaning to the run first or if they go leaning to the throw first, Quinn can make the throws. Mm -hmm. um, if he's healthy, he can. So we'll see what they go to on the road. There we go. There we go. All right. And speaking of on the road. On the road. <laughs> Cobra Group, you're driving. I'm driving. You're driving to Iowa State. I'm driving my F-250. Big girl's going to stay home for this one because oh. I'm taking the dogs with me. Okay. And they get a little cramp. Like, they fit in the Bronco. But when I've got other, all my tailgating stuff and the dogs, it's a bit much. So the F-250 is coming on this one. Okay. So Nice. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about it. If you're on the road, you need to go to Covert Auto Group. It's a family-owned group of automotive dealerships that serve this area for over Austin area for 100 years. Since its inception, the team at Covert Auto Group has been committed to providing customers with high-quality selection of new and pre-owned vehicles, as well as providing outstanding service and customer satisfaction. Go to Covert Bee Cave. They are, it's nestled on 42 acres in the beautiful hill country of Bee Cave, Texas. They have three new state-of-the-art auto dealerships with uh, carrying seven different brands, Buick, GMC, Cadillac, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram. And they also have Covert uh, Ford and Chevy and Hutto and Ford Lincoln and Austin. So you can go to covertbcave.com for the latest inventory and specials and get on the road. Take the road yep. trip to, you could be riding to up to the Big 12 Championship in a new GMC Dodge Chrysler. Or Ram. Or Ram. I love or it. Ford. That's great. Jeep. I definitely, I need to Jeep. get 
I know I'm going to need my oil changed when I'm done with this road trip. So I'm just going to pop into covert and be like, sit there comfortable. Oh, you know what room. you should do? Schedule one the next time Texas Sports Unfiltered has a great, because you be know, out there. you guys know that Texas Sports Unfiltered <laughs> on Fridays, they'll have lunch and you can meet one of the Longhorn legends. Yeah. What you should do is next time TSU has one, you should schedule, schedule your, so you can have free lunch, yeah. free, take pictures with Ricky Williams right. and then drive in your love oil it. change. Love it. It's all about planning ahead. Yeah. That, see? So it all comes together. So, all right, let's, let's talk about Iowa state making the trip mm. up there. Um, I'm still trying to convince you. I know your child has many things and you have concerts and all this, but listen, just like I, Richard I decided last week, if you aren't there and we lose, we're blaming this on you. I just it need you to own that Texas right now. We'll win this game. Okay. I'm just saying it will be all my fault. hundred <laughs> percent on your shoulders. If Texas does not, because, we and we talked about this the other, last week. So Texas is now nine and one. Mm-hmm. Um, I have been to nine games now. I've mm-hmm. missed one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so put them together. Mm, you know what the one is. I know, just you know the pretend one is. this is tea as I sip it. And I will not be at Iowa State this week. You're, you're a tropical people. You're, well, you're not a huge fan of the cold. I will say this, though. Even if it was cold, I just, I mean, if it was going to be 80 degrees this weekend, I can't still get can't there this weekend. That's yeah, good. no, I, I, we'll still make a way. We'll find a way to make it work. Maybe I'll harass you one way or the other. If anybody has a private plane that wants to fly Rocky up and back same day, let's have that conversation. <laughs> so, no, I love it. All right. Um, so, ISU. I will say this, Rocky, I've had this one circled on our schedule mm-hmm. from day one. At the beginning of this season, I thought Texas was going to go 10-2. and two. Um, I didn't think – I thought we were going to win at Alabama. I didn't think we would lose to OU. I had K-State, TCU, or ISU. Two of those three, I had those circled mm-hmm. as a potential problem for Texas. I had TS- TCU a loss. We have we – have, gotten through two of the three mm. um mm. iowa state can be a booger at night oh yeah. I've, I've been there many times with you know charlie strong with tom herman uh at night it's it's a tricky place to play it's going to be rowdy i do think i want to thank a personal thank you to left guard uh jared hufford do we want to play it we do let's 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 put it up here let's talk yeah. about this comment that he made Oh, what a genius. It's definitely going to be one heck of a farewell present. You know, I think especially they're going to come in here on senior night in the dark. You know, I don't think they really know what is going to be coming for them. I think they'll have to come out and figure it out. But I think just uh, the cycling community names, you know, when it comes to night games, especially against Texas, you know, they've only, they've what we beat them for out of the last five times they've been here. So they don't have a good record here. Uh, we have a very distasteful in our mouth for them. You know, we definitely want to send them off to the SEC with a, with a, loss on our end but you know it's gonna be a good game tell us more about that distaste for that oh yeah it's just you know ever since i got here it was iowa and texas that was kind of the thing and uh you know the horns down all the time and whatnot but it's just you know that program much like oklahoma you know they get all the big five-star recruits they have all the nicest stuff in the world and they just they just think they're uh you know they don't stink uh, but in layman's terms but uh you know they're just humans and that's how I see them. You know, they're just people that have such a high ego that needs to be checked. Oh, our shit don't stink and our egos need to be checked. Such a high ego mm. that needs to be checked. Look, first of all, let's let's correct some inaccuracies with that comment. Yeah. 
That's we, all right. He can. He did. He said Some they have won like the, the last four out of the five. That's not true. It's three out of the last four. The record is 15 and five. Texas, 15. Iowa State, It's five. always convenient to take the part of the record, the part of the statistics that make you cherry pick the stats and make you feel good, which is fine. Now, maybe I, in the time he's been there, they've won. Sure. Absolutely. Listen, let me say Texas has struggled with Iowa State in Ames recently. There's no question. There's no question. It is a tough place to play. Mm-hmm. I am not taking anything away from Iowa State. It is a tough place to play. Um, you know, but he's making that comment. Uh, he's also talking about we get all the five stars. Yes, we we recruit better than Iowa State does. Yeah, sorry for your loss. That's just facts. <laughs> That's just facts. And, you know, the kid's from Texas, so don't, don't tell me there's not pictures of him wearing a UT jersey growing up. Uh, look, I, it, I, I love it. I love – we talked about this a little bit earlier. I love the passion. I love the shit talking. I love the trash talking. Cool. Let's let's try. I get that. You want to have that attitude, bring that energy. Cool. You need that. But like be accurate and you better be able to walk the walk. I am not I am not convinced. If you are lining up, this man has to line up against Devondre Sweat. The best line in the country. The best line week after week, graded by pro football focus every week. I'm just saying, like this, we we mentioned this with Corey. We talked about it. I don't know a single person that thought that Texas was overlooking Iowa State. No. But now, son, you just committed Texas to beating the shit out of you. Byron Murphy tweeted 7 p.m. I love that. I love it. I love that response. No no trash talk, no nothing. Just see you there. Bet. You know, 7 p.m. See you there. It's the best. Right. Let me also point this out. He's he's talking about all the five stars and everything, and uh-huh. I, I love it. You're, again, Sweat was a three-star coming to Texas. Yeah, just because he's now playing at a five-star level because the coach has developed him. Sorry you didn't get developed. Sorry. Right? But I, I get it. I love it. I love the attitude. I love the energy. But it's that last part that needs, like, we have the ego and they we have need to be put in check. ego that needs to be checked. Okay, son. Are you going to do it? Because now you have, everyone knows your number. You better. Everyone knows your name. And I'll tell you what, that quarterback, yeah, I can only imagine him. What You remember the the gif where uh, it's it's from uh, Saturday Night Live where he's like looking at his phone, his eyes bulge out and go like that. <laughs> you imagine did what? The, the you quarterback said, going, you, you said, said what? what? Yeah. I Look, may the odds be ever in your favor no, now. No, not him. You done, not him. You done pissed off our, the, the best D-line in the nation I, I, it's going to be a great matchup. I would have said early on, like this is this what I've said. This is a game that worries me. This is a game that potentially could be an upset for Texas. But I feel oddly better now that he's made these comments. Mm. I think it's such motivation. It's going to be, uh, I, and we know the team has seen it. They oh, yeah, responded. They, yeah. Even I, Jatavian Sanders, bet. 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 I and even the alumni have seen it. Quan Cosby. and I, He's I, oh, boy, not in our day. Yeah, not yep. <laughs> Listen, yeah. I, 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 again, I respect the attitude. You've got to have swagger to get on that field and go up against a team like Texas. But, you know. I think there's a way. And, and I know he, he probably thinks he's being clever or witty or whatever with this. Oh, I'm going to give him bulletin board material because nobody would know his name if we hadn't, if he hadn't made those comments. But I, there's a way to pump up your own team and build up your own team without throwing just trash. And it, the problem is I'm, I'm all about petty. Everyone knows me. I'm all about petty. Petty I look, is my favorite petty, color. Petty is mm-hmm. great. <laughs> that looked 
jealous. To me, this that wasn't petty, like, oh girl, I got it and I'm shame it, on you. That was that what looked jealous. This to me is just putting your inferiority complex on display. That yes. Because yes. he's talking about since I've been here, it's been Iowa and Texas. Like Honey, we don't even think about you. When was the last time you were <laughs> talking football and Iowa State came up? Yeah. It's never. The week but before we play Iowa the State. The week before you play them. When we talk football, we talk OU, we talk Alabama, we talk Aggies, like the people that matter that matter to our- Our rivals. Know, our rivals. And Bama will be our rivals soon again, mm -hmm. too. But when have we ever mentioned, going into the season, circled the Iowa State game? Now, I will say this again. Well, I did say I had it circled on because this well, when we is potentially a, a tough game. It, it, didn't, it doesn't dominate our conversation. Agreed. We talk about Iowa State the week before we go into Iowa State. So, I, look, Texas is going to come in. They're going to get mad. They're going to be – this was the motivation. Yep. We said this earlier. Looking at all the different playoff and college and, and the Big 12 championship indicators mm -hmm. the isu game is a must win for texas right. if texas loses oh, this absolutely. game if texas loses this game it becomes we have to rely on i think it's five or six upsets to happen after mm. and the week of that we it, it, that no for us to get in it there's a lot going on so isn't it crazy how our one loss to OU could hurt us more yeah. than other people's two or three losses? Right. It it's, it's because we played the harder side of the right. split. We didn't get the Cincy's and the UCF's and right. the easy side. Anyway, go ahead. I'm sorry. So, yeah. No, it's it. this game is hugely important. Mm -hmm. Do not take the atmosphere lightly. Do oh, not no. take ISU lightly. That being said, now that we have this extra motivation, and I'm going to throw this other thing in here. I like to do this dumb thing where I keep an eye on ticket prices. Oh, that's and, awesome. Yeah. And the way I track yeah, percentage of winning. You do. <laughs> you look at percentage of winning. I look at ticket prices as a basic gauge. Okay. Or ticket availability. And you do that because you're at every game ever all the time. Right. So and, you know. And I think it's a good indicator. It's a, it's a quick way at a glance to see how the other team feels about this game. Right. Right. For this game. the Senior night. Senior, senior night. night Last home game for Iowa State. Come say bye to Hubbard, whatever his name is. <laughs> <laughs> Hufford. Hufford. <laughs> the, the, the cheapest ticket available is $23. A ticket into the stadium. Into the stadium is $23. To watch the number seven team in the country? Correct. <laughs> for is it, It's not sold out, right? It's not. It's, well, it's they not, haven't announced it. Okay, is. right. There we, are, only, we only play. And on top of that, there are a lot of tickets available. What? A lot at a really good price. If wow. you look at the Texas and Texas Tech game that's coming up, the cheapest ticket available, nosebleeds, top of the sky, um, you're looking at $150 before before fees, before tax, all that. Right. Piece. There's a pretty big disparity about how people are feeling. For, to go to right. this game. How much do season ticket holders think they can sell their tickets for? $23 isn't much. So that to me says, again, this is not a perfect science. It's like the hat science of picking, right? With yeah. the, I when, mean, that when, tells you... When but it, it's a bit of a gauge. I gotta be in this stadium because this is my team's chance. It's a bit of a gauge, and who knows? You know, Iowa State could upset Texas, and people are going to regret not being there. But like for twenty three dollars, they could have rushed the field. But having this many tickets available um, and at this cheap tells me it's a little bit of a pulse on the Iowa State fans. 
I don't think they're hyped about this game like they have been in years This past. is a rush the field game for Iowa State. If they win, yeah, This absolutely. is a game where you upset a top seven team, you kick them out maybe of the Big 12 championship, definitely out of the college football playoff. They will yeah. rush the field if yeah. they win this game. So, again, it, there's and a, I don't blame them for this one. No, I wouldn't. There's times where I'll allow it. This, this is one, one of those. This would be one. So there's a lot on the line here. So yeah. you earlier gave Quinn – a, a B plus rating B, for his B performance. Plus. Yeah. 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 And I think B, that B plus. Yeah. I think that's fair. What do you, um, well, I, I would agree with that. I, I think I'm on par with where you're at. He made, he threw the ball away when he needed to. He made very good. He missed some throws. He, but he still walked away with a 151.3 quarterback rating. Like he wasn't even with the interception with all of it. Mm. It wasn't a bad performance by Quinn. No. And again, I think what and we're starting to see is our yards, standards yeah. getting higher and higher and higher. Which, Which is good. It's good. Raise the bar. It's yes. a good place to be. But also be realistic. Yeah. What I need to see, what worries me in this game. Okay. I'm going to start with the the worries me. Okay. And then the why I think we'll win. Aims at night. Aims at night. <laughs> okay. Yes. But Jay Brooks being out. That's, oh, that's the shining one. Absolutely. I know that we've got some dogs in the stable. I know that we've got guys ready to run. It's next man up mentality. I know that. I know that, and I know easier that easier said than done. Baxter's going to be here to, to here to play. You know, Blue. I think is I think Blue is going to have a good. He has to have a good game. We have to have that combination, in my opinion. Can we make one? Is Baxter going to be the workhorse? Absolutely. But we still have to give Texas needs to give Baxter a break and give those options out. Maybe we see Savion Red. Maybe we see Blue. Maybe we see wit. I'm sticking with the red, wit, and blue. You don't have to like no, it. No, that is clever. I'm sticking with the red, that wit, and blue. That is so clever. <laughs> you so, should make a shirt. Red, wit, and blue. I like it. <laughs> so I, I want it. We, but we have to have those guys step up because it's going to take a couple of guys to shoulder the load that that Jay Brooks has taken on okay. towards the end of this season. I think we are up to the task. I do. The other part of this is Quinn is going to have to have a solid game, manage it well make the throws, what really set Texas apart. And honestly, what TCU did against Texas was they, in the second half, they had a nice mix of pass plays and, and running plays, and they went tempo. Okay. So Texas is going to have to, again, like Corey was talking about, Iowa State is not a tempo team. So that's a good, that's a positive for Texas. That's a good thing. It, we do struggle the most with tempo. We do. Yeah. Um, they're they're going to have to play lights out. We know they're not running on us. That's just not happening. Not happening. Their quarterback's going to have to play lights out, test our DBs, and I don't know that they are going to be able to do that without going tempo. So if Texas can manage the game and if we can control the, the ball, if we can control possession, time of possession, I don't see Texas – walking away with an L here. Okay. Uh, what, what are your key takeaways for this game? What do you see? I know we're, we're getting close on our time. So what are you seeing? Yeah, we got to make our college mm -hmm. football picks. We do. So what do you see for ISU as keys to winning? What does ISU need to do to beat Texas? Throw the ball. Obviously what, the, what, what everyone does to catch up to Texas late. Why aren't you doing that early? You're not going to be able to run. Of course you have to establish some kind of run. Some you, you got to draw, you know, defense in, you got to make them think that they should load the box for something. But I mean, if you come out throwing three and out, three and out, keep it up. Cause you will get <laughs> eventually the yards will come the, 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 the break, the missed tackles, unfortunately will come. Um, so I, 
Texas, we're, we will, like you said, we're going to stop the run. They're the best in the country at doing it. I just worry that teams are going to learn quickly, especially with Iowa State, who does those little bunch things, the little bunch formations. They, Cluster which formations, was, yeah. yeah, which was worked for them last year. Let's find a way to be prepared for it. And if we hear that it was something we hadn't seen all year, one more time. I know it. I know it. <laughs> I, yeah. Texas is playing in the dark. Yeah. That was dumb. Do you not have electricity in Iowa? I heard you don't. <laughs> so thanks for verifying that. Right. Um, yeah. So I, I would just say run the ball. I, okay. So off, let's say defensively first, stop the run. If we got to keep them in third and longs, it, maybe get some pressure, maybe make the tackles behind the line, something third and longs would be amazing. Um, force them to throw the, the thing I'm the thing I'm thinking about is so Rocco Beck, the quarterback, he had overall QB rating 62.1. Right. So if you can take away the run, force a quarterback who does not have a great QBR to have to throw, mm -hmm. he has over 2,000 yards over the season, but he's not very mobile. Mm -hmm. He is a 1.7 yards per attempt at running the ball, the QB. So if we can just contain him, force him to throw. And trust the DBs. The linebackers will know if, if the front row has it, if the front line has it, then the linebackers have a little more space to help mm -hmm. with the with throws. We all know they're going to go to the throw. How quickly they finally go to it, that's going to be the difference in the game. Yeah, I, I have to agree with that. Again, their quarterback hasn't shown me anything that says he is capable of putting the game on his shoulders, making every throw every time. And carrying this team. Now, is there going to be extra motivation with that hatred oh, absolutely. fueled by hating Texas? Yeah, of course. But uh, I don't know, man. Like looking at, I, we look at their numbers. He's got, you said he's got a 67 quarterback rating. They've played 62. 62. I'm sorry. Uh, don't give him an extra five. That's girl. my fault. Now they, <laughs> they did beat Iowa early in the season, but Iowa's a trash team this year. They, they lost to Baylor at home. They lost at Iowa state to Baylor. Um, looking at that. Oh, no, they lost. At, I have that they lost at Baylor, at BYU, at Cincinnati. Oh, sorry. They yes. beat TCU. I went back home. too far. They went on the I went road back and too won. Far. I went back too far. And they did beat Oklahoma State early at home, but that was before Oklahoma State got on their turned role, into anything. Yeah. Which is still a good win. It is. It is. It's like saying, well, Bama wasn't good. Sorry, I was looking. I went back way too far on yeah, the schedule. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, again, this is the thing. I, I just, I'm not seeing Iowa State. Their best win was Oklahoma State, which was great. Mm -hmm. But other than that, they haven't really beat a winning team. They haven't beat a winning team. So, again, if Texas comes in. They got the easy side of the schedule. Yeah. <laughs> Texas comes in and controls the time of possession, makes key throws when they need to, and runs how we know we are capable of running. Mm -hmm. if, if it's the next man up mentality and we can fill the position with two or three running backs that Brooks leaves as a whole – Texas will be fine in this game. All right. Um, our, we'll, we'll make our picks in a little bit. Yes, with, with our, our college, college picks. football picks. Yes. Um, but I will say this. I'm, I'm feeling better today than I felt a week ago against Iowa State. Maybe that's on me. Maybe that's on me. I am, I am the opposite because without Brooks, it's all question marks. There's that. That's, I, the, that's the thing. Is there talent? Absolutely. Up and down the roster. Do I trust that they're all The pieces are just going to magically fit mm -hmm. when you took it, take the key out of the whole that was been running the system. I don't, I don't know. All right. All, all right. right. So let's, let's, let's uh, talk some picks. We'll give our Texas Iowa state pick at the end of this. Yes. Uh, we have and run with college it. football on Saturday for so let's um, what affects our picks this week is all the coaches 
looking for a job crazy or not looking for a job because they're sitting on $76 million. <laughs> right. Um, let's talk about it. Call coaching carousel, coaching carousel. Listen, we all know Jimbo's out. I think, uh, plenty of people around the nation had their opinions on it, had the reactions to it. 52 win at 52, 10, 52, 10 win at home against the, an old a Mississippi school. And then they still had already planned to fire him. They, from what we're hearing, the decision had been made uh -huh. prior to this game. So it didn't and matter he what coached, he did. If he had coached like that <laughs> for the last three or four years, he might still have a job. But then he would have to work for a $76 million, And who wants to do that? Now, the trick is to <laughs> Mississippi State's looking for a coach, too. So oh, they both... what. Have you ever seen a game where both coaches, one butt kicks the other and they're both looking yeah, for a it's, coach? Yeah, it's crazy. It's it's a crazy scenario. Yeah. Listen, Jimbo Fisher walked away a happy man. He's getting paid $76 million for the next, uh, you know, he gets, what, 25% of that. Now, another uh, bit of $7.6 million within 90 days, and then they pay him out for the next year until 2031. So he's walking away. He better send Jameis Winston so many crab legs because he rode that man's back <laughs> mm. all the way to a $76 million buyout. It's crazy. <sighs> we saw that coming in. Now, there are a lot of names that are coming up as a potential okay. to fill in. I want to talk about the one I think is the most hilarious first. Ridiculous. Go ahead. Deion Sanders. This is a Stephen A. Smith talking bit. Clickbait. It, it got everybody yapping. I mean, he's good at his job. He's good at getting people fired up. I cannot imagine a more toxic pairing than Deion Sanders and Texas A&M University. Right. Those brands are so far off point. Listen, I'm not going to I'm it not going to say the quiet part out loud. Vinegar. It, it is oil and vinegar. It makes no sense. And to even throw that out there suggests to me that you've never met any Aggies and you've never stepped foot in College Station. You don't understand that like Getting a head coach that fits a program perfectly, that's lightning in a bottle. It doesn't happen all the time. Yeah. National championships are hard to win. But watching this happen, <laughs> I listen, I, I just watching the conversation go between, oh, look at primetime with his brand, who's about primetime. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And talk about Texas A&M, who's very much about Texas A&M. Where would the give be? That would be, I just, can you imagine Dion ever, ever we wearing something that didn't say primetime no. on it and said 12th man on it instead? He would never. He would never. He's first man. That That's exactly it. If, if first man first or 12th man, man or not, they don't go together. It he, just doesn't. Dion is way too much about himself and the showboating. And this is hilarious though, when they, he was on his press conference and they asked about it, of course, and he's like, you know, which is cool. My sons, my children are here. My daughter's here. She comes in for the games. My dog is here. Yeah. He's and if my dog is here, like literally his pet. Yeah. How funny is it that someone wouldn't uproot and go to College Station because I don't want to uproot my dog. I know. I know what my my dog's living his best life here in Boulder, Colorado. I don't want to disrupt my dog's was, best life. That was hilarious. I get it. I get it. Now, there are a couple other names that have come up. Uh, there we go. Right. CB, you bring it up. Uh, trailer is an interesting one. Uh, you have some thoughts on this. 
Um, okay. My thought is I, I love Jeff trailer mm-hmm. when he was, you know, on staff at Texas, I wanted him to stay because he's such an elite Texas recruiter. Grad. Yeah. He's a UT grad. He, um, Gilmer beast, Texas, you know, he's the one who brought in Brandon Jones, all these, you know, the beast, Texas kids. Like we loved, we loved the way mm-hmm. he recruited. He's building his own program at UTSA. He's gone from the <laughs> the, his conferences mm-hmm. i had it written down he went from oh i don't even remember i had it written down oh yeah they were for conference us at usa to the ack which is my favorite ack. The ack. but so but the, it, but he keeps winning mm-hmm. and he can recruit but there's a you don't go from the ack to the sec that's a big jump that's a big jump and mm-hmm. it, could he build a program over time Definitely. I believe anywhere he goes because he can recruit and because he knows football. I don't, like you said, is it a flash hire, splash hire, big name? And in, in, I think in our world of Texas sports, Jeff Trailer, we all know him. In our bubble. In our bubble. We yeah. know him and we understand what a good dude he is and how he's just, he's, he, he's, I think he's more of a, cultural good good guy fit mm-hmm. for the Aggies like you said Beast Texas he knows Beast he's Texas, Texas well he knows it's a good fit for him yes and I think as far as like just good guy fit I think he'd be great nationally I don't know if you ask people nationally who's the coach of UTSA do would they know the name I get that but at a certain point the Aggies have gone for those you know splash hires change hires Jimbo was a big one it didn't work like where at what point do they shift their thinking and say, look, Texas, I mean, that was a big conversation around the Texas hire when we hired Sark. Yes, he's been on national championship winning teams, but he hadn't won 10 games in his career as a head coach. That was my that was my <coughs> um, criticism. Yeah, I mean, there's there were a lot of questions surrounding Sark and look at what he's built. Right. right. To me, I think it's more about finding a the right culture fit. Mm-hmm. And and somebody that's in line with your, you know, the head of your department, your president, your board of regents, your AD, your fan, like you've got to, it's got to be that perfect mix. Now, I will say Texas A&M has been struggling a little bit figuring out they just, you know, released their president. They're kind of in a, in turmoil right there. There's a lot of questions. They have a lot, a lot of money to pay. That's they do. ridiculous it's, how much money. A&M has the potential to be a top, top tier job i'm not arguing that i really will let's say that let's talk about that next week are they really a top 10 job let's talk about that next week because yeah they have the potential but again they might have new coach by then. do they we'll commit about it. do they commit to trailer and hope that he grows I, I think that would be a smart move now another name let me talk about it real quick we're running out of time another name that's come up that scares the shit out of me to be honest really is gary patterson I like mm. it. I like that hire for them. I like it as a, he's, again, he's got deep roots in Texas. He understands how to win when you're not necessarily, when you're not the flagship school in Texas. He had a lot of success against Texas. He had a lot of success against mm-hmm. other schools. He built that program. He he was on with Texas. He's done, you know, his coaching gigs after he left TCU I can see that being a good fit. If anybody knows how to raise money, well, Gary Patterson knows how to go in and talk to those those donors. I I can see that being a really good fit. Um, people are saying he might be 
like try to get into the Baylor game that Baylor job that might be open. That that would be an interesting hire too. All right, let's TC see. And Baylor. All right, All right. I like let's, it. Let's fly through. Let's our, jump into our picks. Our yep. college football picks. Just so you know, we're not picking these games because they're awful. <laughs> Maryland, Michigan at Maryland. Um, they're Alabama, Chattanooga at Alabama. Like the, the, that's how you pad your the schedule. Top, yeah. <laughs> North Alabama at FSU. What are y'all doing? Minnesota at Ohio State. All of these teams are favored by 20 plus. Mm -hmm. Who cares about those games? I don't. <laughs> Let's talk about a one that is very interesting. Some implications. Ten, number 10, Louisville, nine and one, Louisville at Miami, six and four. This is a 50 50 game. I, I'll go ahead and get this started. So Louisville is averaging 37, their average score is 37 17. And everyone's praising the Louisville offense, but Miami is averaging 41 points a game, only giving up 21. They've had four different games where they hit 40 plus. So I'm gonna I'm gonna call this Miami wins. Miami's gonna get Louisville out of this conversation of being in the top 10. Uh, Miami outright. Uh, they're favored by 0 0.05. By 0.5. Half a point. Half a point. point yeah. 0.5. Because they're at home. 0.5. Yeah, and that's only because they're at home. Mm -hmm. Miami wins outright. What do you have? Uh, I'm going to take Louisville in this. Uh, I, I, Miami, again, yes, they have home field advantage. I think they are better than their six and four record indicates, but okay. they also haven't proven it. So until they do, listen, I'm going to take Louisville. I'm going to say they win outright. So they beat the spread. Um, I, I'm going to take them again. It's another nine and one team that I don't care how you're winning. I don't care how you've gotten a nine and one. You're still nine and one at this All point right. in the season. So. Okay, so Abilene Christian comes to Aggies. Good job. They have 99% chance of winning that. If y'all lose that game, oh, my <laughs> God. All right. <laughs> You'll be fine. You'll win. All right. Um, so Pac-12, this is a good one. We've been mm -hmm. watching a lot of Utah this year. Mm -hmm. 22 Utah, who's now 7-3. and three. Mm. They have um, – they are going to 17 Arizona. So Arizona's on a four-game winning streak. Surprising. They're putting it together. Yeah. Utah has lost two of the last three. Arizona's a one-point favorite. They're ooh, but they're actually ranked higher mm -hmm. because well, they're seven and three, but I think because they're on a roll right mm -hmm. now. What do you have? Oh, making me pick this one first hurts yeah. my soul. Um oh, goodness gracious. I'm going to take – I haven't watched enough of Arizona to to feel real confident in this pick, mm -hmm. but I'm going to take Arizona because they are at home. They are on a roll. They've got that hot streak going and, you know, shut them down. If, if Listen, this could go either way, but I'm going to say Arizona takes it. Again, they're a one-point favorite, so I'm going to say they, they win, and I'm going to yeah. say they beat the spread, the one-point spread. One, It'll yeah. be more than one, but not by much. So I'm going to take right. Arizona. All right. I also have Arizona to win and cover um, only because they're at home. Mm -hmm. Arizona's on the way up. Utah's struggling on the way down. So I'm going to go with Arizona. Um, we're not going to pick this, but number one, Georgia is at 18 Tennessee. Georgia's 10 point favorites. Upset alert. Who knows? Tennessee just lost. Yeah, lost me. They're, all right, they ain't beating nobody. All right. The Fighting Mac Browns, right. number 20, North Carolina. Clemson is, is fighting back. They're not dead yet. Not dead they yet. They are not Should be dead on yet. <laughs> so they are actually touchdown favorites over Mac Brown's eight and two fighting Mac Browns. So what do you have? Oh, do you want me to go first? You go first on this one. I do okay. have some thoughts, but you go first. All right. I'm going to go ahead and ride the Clemson. Ride the Clemson. I'm all about Kate Klubnick, and I believe he's it's coming together. Um, Mac Brown likes to lose to bad teams. <laughs> <laughs> 
You're not wrong there. So I'm going to say Clemson wins, but does not cover. It's going to be like a field goal kind of game. I like it. Um, look, I'm going to say the same thing. I love the fight in Mac Browns. I was rooting for them. They started off really strong, but they're another team to me that seems to be kind of on the backslide here. So I'm going to take Clemson in this. I am going to say that they cover. I think they have okay. it by a touchdown, maybe more, especially being at home. Right. UCLA goes to USC. The only reason we mention this is because Chip Kelly might not have a job. After well, they they say he won't have a job. And then Riley's lost four in the last five. And his only win was by one point, a failed two-point conversion. So I'm sure the OU fans are happy about that. <laughs> um, like we said, terrible game for Ohio State. They have Minnesota. Oregon goes to Oregon, Arizona State. All right, here's one we need to talk about because this is a bit this affects Texas. 10 and 0 5 Washington goes to 11 Oregon State and Oregon State is favored two and a half. I'll go. Come on, Oregon State. Let's go, Beavers. I Beavers. Oof. Yes, I'm gonna all right. It's not even an upset because they're favored. Yeah, it's not, but I'm gonna go Beavers. Man, I, I wish looking at that, I I want Oregon State to win. I am a, the the world's biggest Beaver fan. Please don't take that as a clip or a soundbite when we have post game here. But world's big, favorite. yeah, I urge it. Uh, oh, this is hard for me to pick. I want to say Oregon State's going to take this. I will be ecstatic if Oregon State takes this, but I've got to roll with the Huskies at this point. They know what's what? on the line. They know oh, what's on the line. I'm Megan. picking it. It's not what I want. We need Oregon State to win this. We need the Huskies to be knocked out of the conversation and drop behind Texas, but. They're the number five team in the nation, but they and they've got pennies. They survived Utah. They survived, or which is good. The conversation that's what we you had. Gotta do you got to survive in advance? They are. That's great. They are ten and zero. But just like and just like we say with team, I get it. Surviving, but like what we say with Texas, surviving. Can we're nine only and one. Last so long. I get it, but Texas is nine and one. Or Washington is ten and zero, and you can't mm -hmm. question how they got you there. Can, they won. You can be like They're this there. for only so long. I get Treading it. water. For only it. so long. Washington, your time is up. Listen, uh, I love that. Getting a and I hope you're right. I hope you beat the crap out of me on this pick. I really do. Oh, But I'm going to take Washington on this one. All right. Florida, you are going to nine Missouri. Good luck with that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's pick the Texas game. All right. You want me to go first on yes, this one? please. Okay. I'm going to take. are not going to like. I'm going to take Texas in this one. Um, okay. I think they're fired up. I I would have had this different right now. ISU, the line is dropping. Yeah, uh, down ISU, to seven and a half. ISU's favored by seven and a half. I'm no, still Texas is favored. I'm sorry. Excuse me. Yes, Texas Woo. is favored by seven and a half. Um, I'm still taking Texas in this. Okay. I don't think Texas covers. I think this is a close game, and we're going to walk out of there happy. Woo, but Lot, you know, I I might have called this a different way without the comments. But with that extra fire, I think Texas takes this. Um, I think they win. Again, I hope I'm wrong on the not covering. Um, but there's just a lot of factors here. ISU is going to be fired up. And if Texas continues to not play complete games with their foot on the throttle the whole time, this could get real ugly real fast. But I'm still taking Texas, but not covering. Okay, win no cover. Mm -hmm. I'm going to shock you. Mm -hmm. I have Texas winning big. Oh, okay. And th and this is I why. Like it. This is why. Sark was fucking mad this yeah, week. Yeah, he was. He was pissy. So even at, I don't know, if you go on YouTube and watch his post-game presser, he was 
fuming underneath. But even when there was like noise in the background of the where they the trash place, they set them up for media. They had worthy in a freaking hallway with carts being moved by for media. It was mm -hmm. awful. Well, while he's in there and he's trying to hear the announcers, the broadcasters questions, is it going to be like this is construction or something? He was not happy. And then he even made comments calling out, like, we need to be more aggressive. The defense, the defense, the you know, the defensive calls needs to be more aggressive. He is he lighting mad. a fire. Okay. I think more than the bulletin board, more than what's all the things on the line, Sark probably lit into them in a good constructive way. You think it's gonna be a Bo Nix moment or excuse me, a Bo Davis moment, but with Sark? behind the scenes no i don't think he's like get your shit together th th those are two different personalities yeah but i think but is it that kind of moment i, I feel like sark gave them strongly worded <laughs> he wrote a strongly worded, he worded letter a, he wrote a strongly worded <laughs> letter fair. to this team this week okay and that's why they know what's on the line and they better whip it up Okay. So that's why I'm picking a big Texas winning cover. Do you have a score prediction? Well, I'm going to let you go first because I do have one, but I think I'm still working it out in my head. All right. Okay. I'm going, the spread is seven, seven and a half. Mm -hmm. I'm going 30. Texas scores 30. Okay. 30, 16. Ooh, all right. I like that. Again, 30, I, I, 16. I hope you're right on this. I'm going to take Texas again. I said win, no cover. I think it's going to be close. I think this is a five, six point game. So I'm going to take Texas at, um, let's call it 32. And then uh, ISU just below that. I think we're we're seeing ISU maybe get up to, I think they get excited. Texas maybe lets them hang around a little bit too much. Um, so I'm going to call 28 for ISU. Ooh. It's a lot. It's a lot. That I, again, is a lot. I hope, touchdowns. It oh, is. Man. I hope our defense My comes heart in. My will die. I hope our defense comes in pissed off uh, and they... They fix it, and I hope that I am wrong on a couple of my picks here. All right. But, uh, so we're this is our last minute. We'll just let you know. Good luck to the Texas women's soccer. They've advanced in the D1 championships. Mm -hmm. They get they get to play at and at uh, against Wisconsin in at FSU this mm -hmm. on Friday at one. So you can stream it on the ESPN Plus app to cheer for the Texas soccer women's basketball. Check their schedule. Support the women. Yep. And I have to They're say awesome. one story. All right, bring it's it. ten seconds. Aliyah Gales is a basketball player at USC. This is crazy. 574 days ago, she was shot 18 times. On April 16, 2022, she was shot 18 times at a party, a house party. 574 days later, she went out onto the field, onto the court for USC women's basketball. That's crazy. That's amazing. So Listen, I had I had to share I had to share that story. That's talk about overcoming life. That like, that like takes death. some heart. She overcame death. That's insane. And just like we have our great story, you know, of Andrew Jones overcoming cancer to get back onto the court. A story like that is Eliya Gills is yeah. Hey, that's incredible. That's incredible. That's inc it's crazy. Yeah. Like I how I, don't, I fortunately I came across that story. I'm like have to share women in sports. Right. Hey. Wow. Hey, okay. What it has it has a good a good ending, right? It's Aww, we did well. Thanks, so, Lee. Hey. So we appreciate y'all as always for listening. Don't forget to follow us. It is at Fire the Cannon One. Uh, of course, y'all better be following Texas Sports Unfiltered. That's T S Unfiltered uh, on both Instagram and on Twitter. Give us a like, give us a subscribe, 
We always appreciate y'all. Throw us your questions. Throw us your comments. We'd love to hear what your picks are. As always, I'm Megan. I'm Rocky. And we are Fire the Cannon. <laughs>